السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته. Can you two stop playing musical chairs so we can start the uh, stream, please? Jazakallah khair. So, I don't know which one of you is doing that, uh, but stop it. Uh, alhamdulillah. Right. It's making me dizzy. Uh, but let's start the stream, inshallah, anyway. Um, alhamdulillah. So, uh, Open Forum, episode 59. Uh, this stream is devoted to non-Muslims. If you're atheist, you're Christian, you're Jew, you're Hindu... Your Ahmadi, anyone who's a non-Muslim, if you want to come onto the stream and you'd like to uh, have a debate or discussion, let's have a nice discussion. Um, I know Ijaz and Imran love to debate. I'm more of a discussion discussion sort of guy. I'm a very soft character. I can't really uh, get uh, my hands dirty too much. But let's have a nice discussion. You can, of course, ask us questions about our beliefs. We can then ask you questions about what you believe and have a nice interaction, inshallah. Uh, if you are one of our regular guests who likes to come on because you're interested to ask questions about Islam or things that you're uh, looking into, uh, please, you're welcome to come on. We do have the link for the stream at the bottom of the YouTube uh, uh, video. Um, and uh, we'll periodically put the uh, link as we have done on the screen and it should be in the comments. You just click on that link and you come straight to the studio. Um, have your cameras on, please, so we can identify you. Uh, and then, inshallah, we'll get you on and we'll hopefully have that lovely discussion and hopefully we will benefit from that. So we have, mashallah, two doctors with us. We have our Dr. Ijaz and we have our Dr. Doctor, who I call him. Uh, how are you boys doing, mashallah? I think the boys reference I'll let, <laughs> let the legitimate doctor speak. Alhamdulillah, very well. Uh, I mean, I don't know about boys, but mashallah, uh, we, we are very well, mashallah. Um, everything's good, alhamdulillah. I mean, considering, I mean, we have to really, this is a time where uh, if you don't have perspective, uh, you know, you can... It's often we are going through many, many things. You look around the world and you see the suffering that you see, particularly that's what's going on in Palestine, a televised genocide. If we if we see that and we aren't uh, grateful for the fact that we're in a position of security and using our voices, at least if not hating within our hearts what's happening and doing everything else that we can uh, to help, then uh, we're in, we're, it, tells, it tells you a lot about yourself. Alhamdulillah, everything is good for us, inshallah. May Allah make it well for the brothers and sisters around the world, inshallah, protect the oppressed from the oppressors. Um, but alhamdulillah, yeah, we're doing well. And we're here to help people, probably to think about the most important decision in their lives. What are they here for? Mm, what are they here for? Uh, Brother Ijaz, your thoughts, please, inshallah. Well, uh, I, I agree with you, Dr. Iman. First of all, assalamu alaikum to everyone. Um, there's a little bit of good news in the circumstances, which is that I think behind the scenes, Brother Ayaz just took the shahada of uh, someone wanting to uh, accept Islam in the United States. So welcome our brother to Islam, inshallah. He uh, has, uh, I think his father converted to Islam and that opened the doorway for him to uh, look at Islam a bit more closely. He spent some time looking at EF Dawah, reached out and Brother Ayaz behind the scenes, mashallah. 
was able to uh, assuage any um, questions he had and uh, he came home to Islam, alhamdulillah. And I think everyone this time is looking for something to come home to. And so we invite the non-Muslims, just a couple in the chat. If you want to come home, we're here to help you do that. As for everyone else, uh, we understand the circumstances in Palestine are still the same. What happened on October 2023, it's still happening today. That's what three months of ongoing mass brutality against the Palestinian people. And I find myself doing introspection almost daily, looking back at the people who wrote books, you know, saying things like, if I had lived at the time of uh, the Holocaust in World War II, I would have, you know, brought people home into my basement and protected them. I would have, I would have shielded them and I would have, I would have guarded, you know, these people from being killed. And I say, will you not do the same for the Muslims today in Palestine? And the silence is there. It, 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 it's shocking. So we hope that Allah continues to open hearts and that he protects each and every Muslim who's facing dhulm, persecution, hatred, uh, and threats to their lives. You know, may Allah sustain them, grant them peace and grant them justice. I mean, and you know, subhanAllah, um, this really does show the veracity of Islam because what did the Prophet, peace be upon him, teach us? What did the Quran teach us? That uh, uh, amongst the Christians, you will find many who, uh, you know, will be um, closest to you, Allah says in the Quran, you'll find amongst them will be the Christians. And they were doing good works and what have you. And, you know, they'll have monks and they'll have people who um, show kindness and, and, and decency. And amongst those who shows the greatest enmity, Will be from amongst the idolaters, the people who worship idols, and from amongst the community of uh, of basically who are Israelis, basically, right? And if you look at Islamophobia today, and there are a lot of studies um, that you'll find, the bulk of the money that's coming to create this Islamophobia in order to take the and demonize the Muslims because the majority of Palestinians are Muslims, even though there are, there are Christians in, in, in Palestine, but the majority are Muslims. To take away the sympathy, this whole industry of Islamophobia um, began and started and, 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 uh, and perhaps not began, but certainly accelerated rapidly because of what the Israeli government did and the Israeli uh, think tanks did. Uh, and millions of dollars went into creating uh, this hatred and this lack of sympathy and utter racism actually because when you look at the videos of some of the soldiers um, who televised their killing of uh, Iraqis and uh, Afghanis yes they would use certain uh, things like um, you know um, sand jockeys or camel jockeys or uh, yeah uh, they'd use terms like, uh, in the English soldiers would use terms like sand packies, you know. Uh, it was a dehumanizing, you know, in, in Vietnam, they call them, I think, gooks, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah, we may not be, let, let, we should be mindful. Uh, someone's going to clip that. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that when you dehumanize people, you yeah. make them lesser than human. Uh, then the floodgates of brutality and 
atrocities can open. And this is exactly what they did to the Jewish community in Germany and in Europe. Um, I'm not saying the picture was rosy between Muslims and Jews, but it certainly was chalk and cheese compared to what Europe did uh, to the Jews. And they did exactly the same thing. They made a caricature of a Jewish person being greedy and, uh, you know, chasing their women, their European women. And he made them, he made them, made them look greedy, made them look like they were stingy, made them look like they controlled everything. And these were all the sort of things that, um, that were done in place to create this environment where you could now go and legitimize your brutality. And this is what they did all over the world. This is what the English did in, in, in India and in Kenya and in so many other countries around the world, America, unfortunately, in, in South America, right? People fail to realize that the Spanish, the Portuguese, the Dutch, the French, if you guys look up colonial racism and the impact that it's had, people seem to think that because we've moved on from the colonial era historically, that the doctrine of colonialism has gone away and that we live in some kind of modern world where there isn't a European and Western bias against the uh, the international South, right? Mm. That still persists. Uh, you know, what's funny is, uh, not funny, but what's um, a bit odd is that uh, the Orthodox Christians in Gaza, the the Catholic Christians in Gaza, right? There is, uh, I think, is a priest, uh, Munter Isaac, on Twitter, uh, sorry, an ex quite prolific uh open uh, speaker about the persecution of Christians in Palestine. He's saying, mm. look, you're being killed by not Jews, but Israelis in general. Mm. Muslims are the one protecting us. The Muslims are the one taking us into their communities. And, you know, they're, they're guarding us, basically, because we're the minority in Gaza. Why are the why is the international Christian community um, so permitting almost the persecution of not just about the Palestinians, but their fellow Christian brothers and sisters in Palestine, right? People forget Palestine is not Muslim only. It's not exclusive to Muslims. Keep that mm. in mind. I made a well, post about... It's, it's, it's where the footsteps of, of Jesus, peace be upon him, uh, would be you know, imprinted, uh, though perhaps not distinguishable now from all the things that have covered those up. But he, no doubt, he, you know, he, peace be upon him, Jesus would have walked around in those areas um and these are fellow christians for god's sake you know but because they're brown christians it just seems like it's easier to turn a blind eye the other thing is i actually find it very odd you know i, I suppose we all deal with these conflicts in 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 many ways and to even call it a conflict is actually a, a, a misappropriation in reality it's just a genocide it's a it's shooting fish in a barrel it's it's Mike Tyson in a ring with a three-year-old who's got one leg and both arms tied behind its back. It's an utter, brutal, televised entertainment almost for the Israeli soldiers who are literally showing off, um, I mean, videos coming out of tablets where they can point the gun at a Palestinian and shoot him in the shin and break his, shatter his leg, and then laugh about this is what we do to stone throwers even if the guy wasn't a stone thrower and that's very mild by the way so to be able to justify that level of inhumanity and brutality 
I've, I've come to the stage now where actually it's no longer even a debate. It's no longer even a discussion. If anyone wants to defend Israel, then I think you need your head examined. You need to go and get psychological help and you need to get it done quickly because you've become a walking corpse, quite frankly. You've lost your mind. If you today, now, seeing what you've seen, are going to justify that what Israel is doing, then the only explanation, rational explanation for me, is that you've you've utterly lost your mind, that you have got some psychological disorder, um, you know, or, I mean, one could argue that your heart has become so darkened with evil that actually evil seems reasonable and good to you, which is one of the conditions that Allah says in the Quran of the person who commits sin over and over again that the heart becomes so darkened that even their evil deeds seem fair and just to them. So, you know, but you need your head examined, quite frankly. I don't think it is a debate at all. It's not a discussion to be had anymore. It's now just plain and open mass murder, mass killing, genocide, ethnic cleansing, and it's being televised um, second by second. Uh, and it's something that is just utterly stomach-turning, quite frankly. But anyway, I think let's move on to the discussion because it's a passionate uh, discussion, a very hurtful uh, discussion. And um, we've seen this brutality now um, over and over and over again. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's, it happens to a Jew or it happens to a Christian or an atheist uh, or quite frankly, a Muslim, or even a cat or a dog, let alone a human being. Anyone who shows that lack of humanity to a fellow living thing, in my view, has already died. Uh, you know, they've, they're, they're just a walking corpse, quite frankly, because you have to be so utterly lost, quite frankly, uh, mentally, uh, psychologically, spiritually. Emotionally. Uh, emotionally that you're in a very very dark place but anyway we're going to get uh, michael on first michael uh, just give me a quick thumbs up you're a regular so i'm sure everything's fine uh michael welcome to the stream hey guys how's it going how are you doing michael i thought i'd give you a bit of time before getting you on because you were getting all your pillows and everything ready getting comfortable i was i was trying to get the lighting different here but uh, yeah uh, it's uh, it really brings out your features really well you've done a good job there michael well that's that's the last thing you want is my feature well probably. it's nice to have a, a clear picture how are you doing anyway michael i'm doing great how are you all we're doing very well. Should we start with the Shahada, Michael, or should we? Do you want to ask a few more questions? No, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. We you don't want to do. You don't want to be. Uh, no problem. So, what's your question for us today, Michael? Well, my first question was on. I've been Taimiyah's fatwa on the Druze. Right. You guys are talking about genocide, and then of course you brought up a whole lot of stuff, and I had a million other questions that came along with that, or maybe some information as well. Uh, the term "gooks." originated uh, after the Spanish-American War when the Filipinos uh, revolted against the American Empire in the Philippines. What did the and American soldiers call the Vietnamese? Uh, what did they call them? What was the name for them? It was Gooks. Oh, it was Gooks. Okay, yeah. so I thought yeah. it might have been wrong. But, okay. but the term existed before that. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's to be fair, Michael, to be honest, you know, whether whoever used it, whether it was Americans or somebody else. Yeah, no, it was Americans in... The same term for the Philippines. Oh, I see. Okay. They, they revolted against us, and it was mostly the the Muslim Philippine guys, Filipinos in the south, the the Moro. I think. They're, I mean, they're yeah. kind of still fighting to establish an Islamic state. 
in the southern Philippines. But uh, any any Asian could technically be called a gook. Could be called yeah, a, a gook. derogatory term, obviously. Presumably, I, I would probably qualify as well. I probably meet, meet the uh, criteria. But what, so, what was the question that you had? You said Ibn Taymiyyah's opinion about the um, the Druze, uh, the Druze, being, yeah, being apostates and that they yeah. should be killed. Right. So okay. and interesting that there's one? there's a genocide going on within Israel Palestine. And most of the Druze, as I understand it, still live in Israel and actually fight for Israel. Uh, I guess yes, there's maybe there some up in Lebanon and Syria. Yes. But if if the Muslims so, were to take over the area and recreate, or I don't think there's ever been an actual Palestine state, but if they were to rule by Islamic law, would they then genocide the Druze? So the Ottomans no. ruled the Ottomans ruled that area for many centuries, Michael. Were the sure. Druze there at the time? I would believe so, yes. Did they wipe them out? No, they didn't wipe out the Yazidi as well, but they, they tried on several occasions. I mean to they well, don't, commit genocide and wipe them out. Right. And and the Israelis aren't going to wipe out the Palestinians here either. I mean No, no, but I'm just saying what's I mean, I'm interested in so there's a couple of things I'm interested in. Number one, so you've brought up something that you feel is somewhat comparable to what we're seeing or excusing what we're seeing or everyone's doing it so it doesn't matter. What's your, I mean, what's your no. actual point behind what you're saying, basically? The, the point is, I guess, you know, one man's freedom fighters, another man's terrorism. One man's genocide is another man's cleansing the earth of evil or whatever. Um, not that I think the Jews are claiming they're they're cleansing the earth of evil by killing the Palestinians, um, but they, I, I think there's some hypocrisy that. in the the theory of it all. Right. So I, I, I I'll let Jazzichella start, but I, I would say this is the difference between um, believing in God, having what you would seem what you would deem as objective. Um, morality when it comes to dealing with such things and from a purely atheistic point of view because from a purely atheistic point of view you're right um, a genocide could be spun in something to be quite positive in fact from a completely godless point of view because the reality is if it is truly fitness uh, survival of the fit fittest uh, then one could justify it actually quite rationally and say, well, look, you know, my community are stronger, more intelligent and more successful. These people are a drain on resources. They're taking our water. Uh, you know, why should we allow them to have those resources? And you could justify it very easily. I think from an Islamic point of view, I think you would not only absolutely struggle, but you would find profound, I think, explicit teachings uh, that would prevent you from co committing such an act. Like, uh, for example, when you say Ibn Taymiyyah, our law does not come from Ibn Taymiyyah, a scholar, or from any other scholar for that matter, or how people may have interpreted his text, for example. Our law comes from the Quran and from the Sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And there are explicit teachings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that you are not permitted to target children you're not permitted to target women. You can't chop chop down trees. You can't uh, kill animals. And this is on a battlefield. And um, and again, uh, as I said, let Ajaz come in there. But if you look at the works, for example, of uh, uh, Karen Armstrong, 
the British historian who uh, was an ex-nun, and she when she talks about historical Jerusalem or talks about historical Christianity and Islam, her own uh, words, and to quote her, between what the Crusaders did in Jerusalem and what the Muslims did in Jerusalem, she said, the difference is chalk and cheese as to what was done by one as opposed to what was done to the other. Now, I'm not saying every Muslim throughout history has abided by the laws or has been a good person. There are going, undoubtedly going to be for 14 centuries examples out of billions of people, some people who may have done some horrible things. But there is something called a general rule and there's something called, uh, you know, uh, legal principle that you can turn to when matters might be discussed. And then there is complete ambiguity on the subject. So when Dick Cheney was asked about Iraq, um, he said, and I quote, the reason we've gone into Iraq is irrelevant. It was in the American interest. We could not have a person like Saddam Hussein holding America to ransom. You understand? So he justified it. Uh, that, you know, it's irrelevant why we went in. It's in our interest, basically. So you could do that from a purely godless uh, position. Uh, I would say from a position of theism, a uh, person who believes in God, believes in mor uh, morality coming from the creator, I think you'd actually really struggle to find ex any explicit teachings that would allow you, give you the green light to do that. But I'll let you just start, inshallah. Um, uh, uh, my, my, so so the, the fatwa of Ibn Taymiyyah, Sheikh al-Islam, um, does not teach that the Jews should be genocided at all. Um, I'm just looking it over, and I don't see that. But he does, there's a specificity that the leaders and the teachers of the group, that they had punishment, or the punishment within the Sharia needs to be carried out by the imam that is in their uh, region, the authority in their region where they live. So the reason for this is that they, from his perspective, and I think the perspective of Muslim scholars throughout time, is that when the group of the Jews emerged, they emerged as Muslims out of Islam and over time adopted their teachings as time went on. But in their emergence, they claimed to be Muslims. And his perspective was that they should not be considered to be Muslims because of their beliefs, that uh, they should not be given the burial rights of a Muslim, and that the rights and responsibilities of a Muslim are not upon them because they are explicitly not Muslims and they've left Islam. So he left the punishment to the authority, which is the general case in Islam. So the fatwa of any sheikh, especially when it comes to the had punishment, the punishments within the Sharia, uh, this is limited by what the authority, the sultan, the, the president, the king of that region, decides to do with that group of people. But it is not the case that genocide is ever permitted in his fatwa. If you've read a phrase in there that gives that impression, I would ask you to mention that to me. But okay, in sure. general, yeah. Um, if if you go to Islam QA, right? Yep, uh, I have it in front of me. Uh, if you right. want me to read the sentence, I would. Uh, uh, rather, they should be killed wherever they are found. Is that the phrase that you're looking at? They they are heretics and apostates. 
whose repentance, repentance cannot be accepted. Cannot be accepted. Rather, they should be killed wherever they are found. They may be cursed and, because of what they yes. are. And we go towards the end. It is haram. It's the third sentence from the bottom of that fatwa. It is haram for the Muslim authorities to right, neglect to, to carry out the high punishment that Allah has enjoined by whatever means they, the authorities, see fit. Right. So at the end of the day, it's the authority to carry out the had punishment. The okay. had punishment, like I said, it is not up to each individual like you or me if we were part of that army. There is a process. He's saying that from his perspective, repentance cannot be accepted from them because they lie or they, they have dissimulation, but it is up to the authority to determine the course as they... Yeah, the yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not claiming a vigilante genocide. I'm saying if, let's say, Hamas were to win the war and take over the area of Palestine and people made their bayas or declared uh, allegiance, allegiance to whoever the head of Hamas is, and he said, okay, now that we're in control, there's these guys over here, the Druze, here's their apostates, their heretics, their blah, blah, blah. We need to start killing them. So it doesn't work that way. So just to be clear with you, okay. it can't work that way because, again, well, the fatwa of a scholar, just to be clear, the fatwa of a scholar for his time and age does not apply to our time and age necessarily. Okay. It's not as if there is a necessary, um, uh, that they have to abide by this particular fatwa or any fatwa, to be, to be clear with you. It is up to the authorities to determine how they want to rule their people. And as an sure. example I'm, of I'm this, not saying York, they... as an example, yeah, as an example of this, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah's fatwa, he compares them with some of the people who are Shia, and so on this basis, we know that the in Shia the, people the live, yeah, they live in Gaza. Just to be clear, and the Palestinians are allied politically with some of them, and no harm comes of them. So, if sure. on that basis, we can't say or we can't imply that they would harm them. Because they are under okay. our protection and guardianship. Understood. Can we think that they might do that? Well, Michael, that's no, ridiculous. No, you can't. You can't think that. You can't think that. Why not? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why not. I'll tell you. Okay. Because we so, have rules. Because we we actually one of the things I'm studying. You asked. You asked the question. You asked the question. Can we think why? Is it a possibility that they might do this? And I'm yes. telling you, no. And okay. you want reason or you're not interested in reason? No, go ahead. But it, obviously we can think that that yeah, you might think, happen. You can think I there mean, are blue elephants on Mars. It doesn't It doesn't make it like a, uh, an, actual, an actuality. Right. Sure, those so are two think different things. Like. Thinking, yeah. thinking right. of a possibility to, doesn't make the possibility real. If you want ahead. to think that there's a possibility that these brown people who happen to be in the Middle East they call themselves Muslims are these savages who go around doing barbarism because that's, you know, that's, you know, obviously we're the superior race and these guys are inferior and obviously they're very barbarous, which is why they need to be annihilated and genocided. And we're quite happy with that because we have a pretense that we are the, the civilized people of the world and we follow international law. But actually, you know, we, the reality is the Palestinians aren't the only things being killed here. The only people being killed here. There are other things that are dying here. One of the things that are dying is the claim of the West to be, morally superior to the other people of the world, the claims of the West to be followers of international law, the claims of the West that they have some sort of authority to or give themselves an example of how other nations should live. These things are dying a death 
we we see the hypocrisy we see the reality of the matter is that you that the the west will kill and annihilate anyone for any reason be that cobalt in the ground they will make children dig it out with their bare hands so they can have a phone every day be that oil they will invade countries under pretexts and kill millions of people uh, just because they want to secure that resource be that democracies in other countries that they don't like they they claim to be supporters of democracy they will destroy democracies because they don't like who's been voted in just like they did when Hamas was voted in and the first thing that happened was sanctions they they uh, sealed off the area prevented anything from going in minimize the calorie and literally put them on the the whole people on the siege now the, the and then you bring up this question i think i can read this uh, fatwa and i can make it look like you guys are genocidal there's theory and then there's reality there is a genocide happening right now in palestine right now all of the western leaders are smiling and happy about it they pretend when they come onto their uh, podiums that they are trying to do we are we are these wonderful people and we're trying to prevent uh, terrible things from happening voting against ceasefires voting against us resolutions uh, vetoing anything that may bring actual peace to the nation and and you look back and you think that you can you can bring something historical that might suggest uh, ibn taymiyah uh, you know may Allah bless him you you're taking his words and you're saying that this means that actually the muslims could genocide them Abbas gave you the answer in the first question. Throughout the rule of the Muslims in that land, throughout the rule of the Muslims in that land, the, the Druze were there, the Alawites were there, nothing happened. They were not annihilated and genocided. So, no, you can't think that because we have rules and we are actually a rule-based religion, a rules-based uh, um, way of life. We do say that uh, Allah says in the Quran and we're taught to say that do not let a hatred of a people lead you to injustice. Now, I think it's very clear. Now, but if you want to come with this, I've got to think of some way to make you guys look terrible. You know, then I think we're wasting our time. I really do think that because every time that you come on, I don't see. I, I, unfortunately, I don't see sincerity, Michael. You seem to be searching, but I don't know what you're searching for. Yes, we are Muslims. No, we are not evil people inherently. Right. And okay. I'm, I'm not trying if, to. If you're, looking, you guys, if you're looking at everything in that way, then uh, well, our conversation is going to end up like this. I'm I'm trying to look at the religion overall. It's ruling. Yes. So tell me what the religion says about killing innocents. Tell me, please, about that. Well, there's Hadith, uh, the 19th book of Muslim, 4320 says, "Don't kill women and children." 4321, when asked about the killing of the women and children of the polytheists of the night. During the night raids, Muhammad said they are from them. So you have a. So what, that, what does that mean? So exactly, this is what I mean. Well, this is so, Abbas no, no, said. No, I'm, I'm glad said, he said target. This is exactly what, but target thank you, thank you for making my point. Thank you for yeah. making my because you did exactly what I what I said. I, well, I knew you were heading this way. So you made it clear that we're not allowed to kill innocence. Very clear. And then you talk about an incident that happened, and 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 it was and it's explained as well. And you want to try to give the impression. This is fine. You can kill people who are innocent and happen to be there. So you give what you do is you you well, speak. They, you speak as the as the other nation that you genocided. Uh, not you, the Westerners genocided. Who are the South, Who are the the American Indians? 
the true natives of the land who, who have the right to, if they're going to be called Americans, anyone else, everyone else who's European, Asian, European American, like the, like the, like the white Americans, they are European Americans and they should go and they, and they are not natives. But it's interesting that whenever whenever we get uh, people who invade other countries who happen to have white skin, they either become they they become they name that themselves as people who naturally should be there. Now the Native Americans who who were genocided, they they this is what they said: "You speak with a forked tongue, Michael." Forked tongue, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when you started. <laughs> That's exactly how you speak. speak with forked tongue. You say, you're absolutely, you're speaking I, with a forked tongue. You I, know I the rules exactly. You know the rules exactly. You know how Islam approaches this, but you want to give an impression now by looking at there are there were many there was an incident where a woman was found on the battlefield uh, dead in the time mm -hmm. of the Prophet, even though she was in military gear, she was a fighter from the other side. The Prophet said this one should not have been fought. Peace be upon him. He said this. Islam is a beautiful religion. We have standards. We, we don't have that. We're not like the West who talk about standards, but they will take people, they will kidnap people from countries and they will take them to the middle of nowhere where international law can't be enforced or applied. And then they, they will change the term. We're not going to call them prisoners of war. No, because that's illegal to have prisoners of war uh, and you don't. We're going to call them enemy combatants. Enemy yeah. combatants. We're not going to call it torture. No, no, torture is bad. What we're going to call it? We're not going to because why torture? We we don't like torture. What we're going to do is we're going to call it enhancement derogation. Enhanced derogation. Whatever you want to do, you make euphemisms. You make euphemisms to justify the violence and the terror and the thing that you do, and you think that people buy it. We know that when the when the Western politicians stand and speak, we know they are lying, because actions speak louder than words. Now you want to see action speaking loud? Then look at when the Muslims came into Jerusalem. What happened? And look at when the Christians came into Jerusalem. What happened? Look at Palestine when it was ruled by the Muslims, and look how Palestine now when it's ruled by the Christians okay. and the Jews. So could I, could I just interject for one? Please, for one please moment? go ahead. Please. Because I, I would like, um, is this the hoodie that you're referring to, uh, uh, Michael? Correct. Okay. Do you mind reading the chapter title for me? Permissibility of killing women and children in night raids, so long it is not done deliberately. So what happens in night raids? Sure. It, it's collateral damage. That's what we call collateral so damage. Today. Not Every, so is that intentional or not intentional? No, it's unintentional. Is it, uh, is as it I was trying to say, Abbas said one second, not one second. Is it No, is it permissible in Islam to kill women and children? Yes. The answer is no. Okay, no. The answer okay. is it's not permissible yeah. to target the women and children. It is permissible to kill them. Yeah, yeah, my question again, is it permissible to kill women and children? If done accidentally, yes. But if it's done accidentally, you don't intend to do it, correct? Uh, correct. That's that's if you don't intend to do it, it's not intentional, correct. right? But you did kill them. <laughs> yeah, but it's unintentional. Michael, can you not see the difference? I, Michael, I can you really not see the difference between the two? I, I totally see the difference between intentional and unintentionally. So, no, no, hold on, is there a moral equivalence? Between the two, or are they drastically completely different? They're drastically different. Okay, Thank so you. that being the case, it should no longer be a problem, then, should it, Michael? 
Well, I never said it was a problem. My problem is when Muslims say what you can't kill women and children. That is not true. You can accidentally kill women and children. You can. So, <laughs> Michael, so the, uh, I got back to you know, Iran's point. You're, you're talking with a forked tongue, unfortunately. Right. No, yeah. there's two because, different because, concepts. Because, because Michael, we we as 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 adults here, right. we recognize that during warfare, there is always a chance that you may kill an animal, you may kill a human being, you may kill a child. But you but you should make every attempt not to do that. Can, now, can you just can, so can you just read that for me? The messenger of Allah did what? Did he permit or forbid it? It is narrated by Abin Omar that a woman was found killed in one of these battles. So the messenger of Allah forbade the killing of women and children. See, now that's inaccurate. He forbade the intentional killing of women and children. Oh, Michael, you're yeah, really yeah. grasping at straws. Yeah. You're desperate. This is, this is sad. It's, no, no, it's really sad. That's just a fact. I don't, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way. Fine. No, this is when I was talking about euphemisms. When I was talking about euphemisms, how, how the West speaks, they are commit. there's a televised genocide and the okay. fig leaf which, are, which the West are hiding their nakedness with is this same fig leaf. Oh, it's okay. not intended. So, yeah, so, no, it's not intended. Yeah, so, I know that we were bombing 2.4 million people in, in, a, in a concentration camp, but we're not intentionally. We're just trying to get the bad guys. Come on, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a city of tunnels underneath this strip of land. There's a whole city there. If you go there, they've got Starbucks down there, and they've got the Eiffel Tower down there as well. I mean, it's a huge, massive city. Oh, and they make bombs down there as well. And, and what we ask them to do, we're very, we're very moral. We're, we're the most moral army in the world. What we do is we ask them to shuffle up a little bit. Can you just go down? Because we're going to blow up this place, and we don't want to injure you accidentally. And, they're and they've herded them all into a place, killing tens of thousands on the way, herded them. Right. All, all the while they're getting the green light from uh, the Western powers. And now they're attacking and killing these people who are trapped in this area. Oh, we're, we're still trying to get the bad guys. We haven't found them. We haven't found any tunnels either, but, you know, we look for evidence afterwards, just like we did in, in, in Iraq, you know, weapons. Of, I'm sure the weapons of mass destruction will be found somehow. Uh, this is this is how this is how you guys talk, the Westerners. This is how you do it. You, you're happy to go in and annihilate people down to the last person while still claiming to be moral, while still claiming that you have some ounce of decency with you, while still claiming that you are followers of any type of law, international or otherwise, and you haven't got that. And the, the worst thing is, the rea what's the reality of it? The reality of it is, is that the, the, there are Christians uh, who are Zionists, who, are, who want to bring about the return of Jesus, and, they, and there is the thought that this is the way to do it, and they, and so they, for hook or by crook, they're going to support Israel no matter what it does. And we, as our teaching, I'll tell you what our teaching is. Prophet, Prophet peace be upon him, said that if you have a, 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 so support your brother whether he is the oppressor or the oppressed. And the and the and the companion said, yeah, yeah, O Prophet of Allah, we understand that if your if your brother is the, uh, oppressed, that you would support him. But how, why would you support? How could you support the oppressor? And the Prophet Peace upon explained it is by stopping him from his oppression that you support him. And what do we have? What do we have here? We have the opposite way around. Impunity. We will prevent anyone touching you. You do what you want. 
this is the message that has been given. You do what you want. Uh, International uh, Court of, uh, of Justice, clear, clear that this is very likely to be, uh, or there's, there is a case to be answered for genocide. Why? Because the statements are very clear. Equations to Amalek, wiping them out, you know, sending them into the sea, uh, you know, uh, uh, oddly enough, using the phrase themselves, the, the Zionists using the phrase themselves from the river to the sea, but preventing the Palestinians from using that phrase themselves, because this is somehow indicative of a genocide. When the other side is committing the genocide, who are allowed to use this phrase. The hypocrisy is just galling. But Michael, yeah, yeah, the Muslims are bad, Michael. We are we are terrible. We are absolutely terrible, Michael. No problem. I'm not. I'm not a huge supporter of Israel. I don't support Israel. I you don't. You don't have to. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about your support of Israel. Okay. And I'm not interested if you're. I'm not interested if you're supporting them. Not. I'm not interested in it. I'm talking about your use of language, and your approach, your jaundiced approach to Muslims and Islam. Like in all of the, there's a there's a million beautiful things, and you're going to find one thing that you know what? Maybe I can make this look bad. I'm going to quote this one, right? And I think yeah, you know, I, I think you there, spent there's no reason now with you, Michael, or more, more. And I think that's probably more than you know. You know, there, there, you know there's a hadith that there's a hadith that Muhammad says if you're planting a tree and you know the day of judgment is tomorrow, finish planting a tree. Obviously, it doesn't make sense, but philosophically, I'm all for trees. I, no, it makes perfect sense. Actually, I'll explain well, it to you. Not if the world's over. We are, we are a people. We are a, a Muslim. I'll, I'll explain to you. Muslims are a people of faith. We we are we because Allah says that I am as my servant thinks of me. We are hopeful, even in the most dire circumstances. Why? Because ultimately Allah is in control. So the, what the message of that is that you you know you think it's about trees. This is the jaundiced look. It's actually about no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, be positive. And hopeful, and you see this in the Palestinians. They right. are clear. So you, can, they, you are the very, they are very clear. But there was you, there was know. one very one second. I'm explaining to you. I'm trying because you think it's about You're trees. Already, you. I, I get hope. I get. Do you, you know, do you get it? You don't I, get I, it. I know the story of you Job. If you if you thought it was if you thought it was about hope, you wouldn't have mentioned trees. Well, but I didn't you, think you it was say about trees hope, because you explain it to me. I got it. You're saying trees because it's the fourth tongue again. Because you want to ridicule something that is actually very profound and beautiful, very profound and beautiful, and you see this by the Palestinians who are being genocided in a televised way uh, around the world right now, who who still uh, uh, are strong in their faith and give, are giving us an example of what truth pays appears to be, and we see there are hundreds of people becoming Muslim all the time because of the, the what's happening in Palestine. But Michael, I think it's been interesting. No, I'd, I'd like, I'd, I'd, I'm going to give Michael a chance, even though we, we passionately disagree with your take on things, Michael. Uh, I don't want to make it seem like we're not giving you an opportunity to make your point. But before you do, Michael, you know, in England, I'm sure you have sayings like that in America. Maybe you have the same saying that we have here. The proof in the pudding is in the eating. Right. Islam has been around for 14 centuries, Michael. And there are masses of history that have been recorded, not just by Muslims, by non-Muslims as well. And if you look at, for example, the example of Salahuddin, when Salahuddin uh, al-Ayubi, he enters Jerusalem. Okay, Uh, we have an armored carrier in England that was named after Salahuddin. The British army were taught about the example of Salahuddin as a person who conquers and and the behavior 
the humility, the humanity that he showed the people that he conquered. Okay. And that example is given by non-Muslims and it's recorded in non, uh, you know, as, as motivational and inspirational teachings for even non-Muslim armies that when you conquer a land, this is an example, right? When you look at the, as I said to you, British historian, Karen Armstrong, uh, Karen Armstrong, if you look at, for example, when Omar Khattab, the second caliph, takes over Jerusalem, he's given the keys of Jerusalem. And, it, the, and when he visits the church, they say to him, you can pray here. And he says, no, if I pray here tomorrow, the people will claim that Umar prayed here and they will want to turn this into a mosque. So he moved a certain distance and he performed his prayer there where today stands the Masjid of Umar, the Mosque of Umar. This was to protect the sanctity, the rights of the um, Christian. Sure. Give me like five minutes. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, oh, I think okay. we'll let, Michael sounds busy, so I think we should let him come well, back. No, we'll, let, we'll let him come back and then finish the discussion. Okay. But if he needs to go, that's fine. We'll, we'll get somebody else. We'll let you back on, Michael, if you come back on again. Uh, Don uh, and Sean, if you have your cameras on, I can get you on. Otherwise, I'm going to get um, Pastor... Sean, can can I have your camera on? I need to see you. Okay, I'm going to get the pastor from Africa on. Okay, hello guys, God bless how you. Are, how are you doing? I'm okay, bro. It's been a nice day today. God bless pastor, you guys. Pastor Jason Burns. God bless you. Pastor Jason Burns, I don't want you to get burnt again on the EF Dower stream. So please come up with something a little bit more robust. Well, if you if you'd organize a proper debate where it's it's uh, it's and you keep to the topic rather than equivocating, then I, I'd be good. But you won't organize a debate, guys. So. Well, organize a debate because you know what it is. We want Ijazah Trini to be debating uh, Dr. Brown and you know the big boys, basically. You know. Yeah, yeah, but don't 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 forget, don't forget, Muhammad never had that attitude like you said, big boys. Muhammad uh, couldn't read and write, and he he was with ordinary people. So you should be willing to debate ordinary people. I won't get too high up like that, you know. No, no, it's not about getting high. Uh, uh, it's not about getting yeah, high at all. But you know, it I'm is. Saying, I'm keep humble. Saying, be anyway. humble, Abbas. Be humble. Be humble, brother. Sorry, I'm sorry for being very arrogant. Uh, uh, so, what what uh, do you have for us in store today? What new? Uh, uh, the night, the night journey in Surah seventeen, verse one. Right. Um, can I can I read it? You can do, but I mean, rather than uh, read all of it, why don't you just give us the, the what what do you feel about it? And, well, it's only it's only one verse, so it's only short. All right, it go says, ahead. Go ahead. Holy is he who took his servant by night from the sacred place of the worship in brackets at Mecca to the remote house of worship in brackets at Jerusalem, mm. the precinct of which we are blessed, so that we might show him some of our signs. Surely it is he who is all hearing and all seeing. seeing. But as you, as you know, that the Arabic Mecca is not in there, in, in the original Arabic. Mm. And it's not Jerusalem that's in the original Arabic. So how do you get the interpretation that it's the night journey of Muhammad? Very good question. Very good question, Pastor. Very, very good question, Pastor Jason Burns. 
and I'm going to let Ijaz answer that. But it's a very simple answer. And I'm, but Ijaz, I'm sure, will be, say it very eloquently and in much more detail than I, I can do I probably justice. won't, but the answer is quite simple, Jason. This is how the Prophet wasallam taught us to say it. Exactly. And within the Islamic tradition, there exactly. is no other masjid with the title of Masjid al-Haram, and there's no other masjid with Masjid al-Quds in the Quran. Yes. So, I mean... It's very self so, Sorry, could you say that again? Sorry, I didn't catch that. I'll just turn the fan off. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Could you say that again, HS, please? So, that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't leave us the Quran in a vacuum. He taught us exactly what the Quran meant, and in, within the Quran there are ayat which are qati, which means that they are definitive in their meaning. And this is one of those ayat. It is indisputed within the Islamic tradition uh, that the primary meaning of these terms, Masjid al-Haram and Masjid al-Quds. That this refers to uh, the Masjid in Mecca and the Masjid in Jerusalem. Okay, so I've got some questions then. I appreciate that. So, the first thing is when it says, Holy is he who took his servant, I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario and maybe you could uh, critique it, say it's not correct. But I'll give you a scenario. Holy is it you took his servant. I'm just Jason, suggesting your voice is breaking that, that could be... Jason, just turn your camera off uh, because your voice is breaking up. It might help the bandwidth a little bit. Yeah, I can't hear his sentences. It's really broken. Yeah, just turn the cam camera off and then... Yeah. Okay. You might want to turn it back on. <laughs> hey, can, can you hear me? Jason, is that a picture of you? Because it looks a lot older than you. Uh, it's William Tyndale. Anyway, sorry, I'm just a joke, just a silly joke. Go it's ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah, much better, actually. Can you hear me? Yes. There's a delay now. Okay, so I'm giving you uh, I'm, I'm giving you a scenario. Holy as you took his servant, the word servant there could be interpreted as Israel. By night, from the sacred place, of worship. So the Arabic for mosque, the root word, doesn't necessarily mean a building. It can also be a place of worship. So Israel, only he took his servant Israel by night, because Israel left at night, to the sacred place of worship, to the remote, and it's not house of worship. The Arabic is the same uh, as place. Um, so Moses was taken at night and he was taken, they were taken um, to Mount Sinai. And what clinches, I think, the interpretation or possible interpretation is verse two. Why would you have the night journey in verse one and then suddenly change it to Moses in verse two? And so the verse two, we gave Moses the book. Now, that interpretation that I'm saying would be better, a possibility better than the interpretation of saying it's a night journey of Muhammad. Yeah, Jason, um, the, the other thing as well, if you look at the hadith, if you look at all the hadith, it, 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 it's okay. I want to do this verse by verse, verse by verse. It is not my opinion or your opinion to interpret what the Quran means because we have the Quran from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
like I said, these ayat are qati'i in their meaning. It is indisputed in the Islamic tradition. I can't now somehow we create a vacuum around it and interpret it as I wish. There is no such freedom here. And secondly, I don't know how to tell yeah, you this. But, but please, just, just hear me out here, Jason. Your grasp of the Arabic language, I have to tell you right now, Masjid al-Haram, throughout the entire Quran, only refers to one thing. And Masjid al-Quds, in the Quran, these are the words, only refer to one thing. And the word, yeah, just to be clear, you think it doesn't mean house or place, but it says masjid, literally, in the Arabic, with the preposition illah, meaning from somewhere to somewhere else. It says min and illah, from somewhere to somewhere. So we know with certainty that it does not have the interpretation that you have. So I would ask, where, or why are you putting the Quran in a vacuum and trying to interpret it where okay. the interpretation outside of the vacuum is uniform, uh, univocal, and indisputed? On what basis can you okay. proceed? Okay, thank you. I think, uh, first of all, your interpretation actually backs up what I'm saying. It's not a building. The, 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 the original Arabic, you know the Arabic better than me. I don't, I'm, I don't know Arabic. But the etymology for mosque doesn't necessarily mean a building. Is that not correct? This would be okay. incorrect. So in the Islamic tradition, in the Hadith, in the they, they say it's from one, play, one you know, building to another. Not just place. Jason, in the Quran, just to be clear, the word sujood has a distinct meaning. When you add the letter mean before it, for masjid, the, it literally means the place of sujood. I, I can't explain this any more than that, Jason, to say that your understanding of the Arabic or your grasp of it is incorrect. Sujood means what, Jason? Is that your, your, your Arabic interpretation? If you look at the etymology, it has two ideas, doesn't it? It has an idea of place and it has, has an idea of building. And in the later tradition of Islamic theology uh, and in the hadiths, there, there's more emphasis on a building. But in, in the original Arabic, it's, it's on a place, it's about a place, it's not about a building. Is that not correct? So, are what you saying that? Sorry, the question is. So I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Your interpretation backs up what I'm saying Jason, and destroys the Islamic tradition. Jason, I want to understand you. So you're saying that this refers to Moses coming out of Egypt. Is that what you're referring to? No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I'm giving a suggestion that. Here's my suggestion. I want to understand you. Are you saying that this verse is applying to Moses coming out of Egypt? I'm, I'm saying, can, can I just say that this is my thesis, right? The thesis is that the text with connected to verse 2 Sorry, Jason, can be understood say, from a Jewish... Jason, did you say thesis or did you say thesis? Um, is it, is it, <laughs> my thesis, my thesis. Jason, <laughs> Jason, one second. Can, can I finish my you, thesis and then you can critique it? I'm asking you a question which you're ignoring, Jason, which is quite important. Are you saying that this is apply this verse is about Moses coming out of Egypt? I'm saying it's a it's a possibility it's about Israel or it could be about Moses. But my thesis is that if, if, can I just finish? Can I can I just please can I just finish? Please Dr. Imran, please can I just finish my thesis? Please, please. You've got to let him finish his thesis, Imran. Let me finish my thesis. 
This is, this is groundbreaking stuff because you know what, Jason, I don't think anyone in all of human history has interpreted those verses the way you have. This is proper groundbreaking stuff. We need to hear uh, it. My thesis, my, thesis, my, th my thesis is that this is a Jewish context because it's connected to verse 2, which would, which would actually, uh, actually uh, confirm the Jewish context. And then what's happened is later Islamic tradition has slapped on through the Hadith because the Hadith on this passage don't quote this passage like Ibn Ishaq, uh, Bukhari, Malik. They're not quoting this passage. They're just giving the story of the night journey. So my thesis is that these are later sources used to, to overlay an interpretation of a Jewish context. And the Jewish context is... Is, is what clinches it is verse 2 because it doesn't make sense. Verse 1 does right. not make sense right. to suddenly change and move into verse 2. Guys, guys uh, Jason, uh, let's, let's get a little bit serious now. Uh, now I'm trying to clarify your thesis here yeah? because 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 you're, you're missing some fundamental points uh, which, and, and unfortunately this is making you look uh, not very good and I, and I want to try and help you to come out of this, yeah? First, I want you to tell me. So your 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 thing that you're putting forward, the basis of what you've put forward, i.e., the language itself, is already refuting you. But we won't go into that yet. Um, I don't want to understand what you're trying to say. You're, so what you're saying is that this applies to the Israelites coming out of Egypt under with Moses. Is that right? Yeah, it's a night. It, it says it says holy as he took his servant. That could be Israel. By night, that's what happened with Israel. They came out of Egypt to the place of worship. It's not it's not Mecca. Uh, English translations put Mecca. That's not in the original Arabic. To the remote house of worship. It's not house. It's place at not Jerusalem. Jerusalem is not in the Arabic. The precinct of which we are blessed. Jason, you know, the precinct is Mount Sinai. The precinct is Mount Sinai so that we show him one of our signs, One second. and the signs which is the Ten Commandments. Jason, you are allowed to. Sorry, I muted him just because Dr. Imran, he misread the verse and he changed the word. I want him to read it again for us slowly. Jason, I'm going to unmute you. I'm going to ask you to read it because you just changed two of the prepositions. I'm going to unmute you. Can you give us the translation that you're reading? I don't even know if he's listening. I'm going to unmute him. Jason, can you give us I the translation you're reading and then read it slowly for us and I'll stop you when you're wrong. Maybe this is Jason's well, own translation that he's done himself. Jason, you've mixed no, up the... I've got, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got nine. I've got about ten translations. And it's all that, agreeing with what you're actually saying. If you're saying... No, but it does. If you're saying... <laughs> what what you just said it backs up what I've just said. But just 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 final thing Listen, and then I'll finish it. Just take it. Listen, last thing, last thing, the you can read the, the hadith are Jason, not reliable. When, when are the hadith collected? What 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 what? Uh... Right, so Jason, that is irrelevant to the question I'm asking. You please try to answer it. Please choose one translation and read it for us. The verse, please, because you just said he took his servant to Masjid al Haram. The text never says that. I'm going to unmute you. Read it again for us because your entire thesis falls apart on not being able to read a single word. Right. One more time. Jason, 
read the first couple of words. Glory be to the one who took and then just finish that phrase for me. Where did he take? From where? Words that are not in the Arabic. All your English translations. Jason. Jason, oh all your all your English translations Jason, have added words. If you, stick to the, if you stick to the original Jason, Arabic, that is no Jerusalem, that is no Mecca. You're using Hadith. No, you're using Hadith. I've muted you again, Jason. I've muted you. Nobody can hear you. You're not having a conversation. As soon as things get a little bit tricky, you go into nutcase mode. Let, we, we can agree to disagree, but you have to allow the conversation to, to actually end somewhere. And, and what you're doing is you're just jumping all over. Ujjal has asked you a very specific question for clarity, for purposes of clarity. Can you please tell us which of the 10 translations that you're referring to? And can you please read the verse without talking about anything else? Right, I've just unmuted you. Can you please read the verse and give us the translation that you're reading? It's an ad hominem attack, what you're doing to me. You're attacking me as a person, not verse? dealing with the topic. Jason, I've <laughs> muted you. Please read the verse or you are free to leave. Thank you. I've got Jason, more than one. Choose I'm, one. I'm, got, I'm going to read. I'm basing this on the Arabic. The English translations are interpolations. They've added words that are not in the Arabic text. Jason, and right, if you so stick Jason, to the Arabic text, the Arabic... Jason, I'm asking you to stick to the Arabic and I've muted you again. One more time, please try to have a conversation, Jason. Do not speak over me. No, you're not. Jason, you're not we're sticking to, to the Arabic be... text. Jason, we're sticking to the Arabic text. Please tell me you're you not willing to engage with me. You, you've muted me about nine times now. It's, it's not no, fair. You're reading over me because you're speaking over me. No, you can't mute me. You, you can't keep muting me. Engage with me. Stop yes, muting me and yes, engage with the scholarship. Jesus it's not based on English translation. It's based yes, on the other. Jason. Jason, I'm trying to have a conversation with you. And you're not answering questions. If you want to have a monologue, go to your own channel. If you want to have a dialogue, that means twice. Between you and me, try to answer the question. You're making a claim, just to be clear, that you don't know Arabic, but you can't trust the translations. So we're asking you to choose a translation that you think on your understanding of the Arabic is correct. What translation is that, Jason? You can I can I answer? What translation? Yeah, give us the translation. Can I, the translation. Can I you don't have a name of the translation. Just say it's your own translation. No, you have to do proper scholarship. And the proper scholarship to exegete this text is to look at the uh -huh. etymology of the words. What is no, the etymology of the This is called the fallacy of etymology. You've told us what it you is, which proves my point. One you second. actually proved my Jason, point, and you don't even realise it. Never, it's not Jason, about a, no a, a mosque. It's, Jason, a, it's about a place. Jason, Sorry, Jason I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick you off the stream now um, because this is just turning into a circus. Yeah, okay. we, we will try. So, what just want to explain? I just want to, can I just very carefully say? I mean, it's just utter <clears> nonsense. Really. It is utter nonsense. So, uh, there were so many things wrong with this that I don't even know where to start. Uh, brother, what, all that was try, what we were trying to do was actually to get him to lay his thesis out and actually read the verses to support his claim. And apart from just speaking constantly 
uh, it wasn't me that kicked him, by the way. But anyway, the 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 whole point here is actually it very clearly you're he's redefining terms completely. So, I, but before going to the redefining terms, you have to look at what is the claim being made. The claim being made there that this is actually about the Jews who are leaving, or the Israelites who are leaving from Egypt, coming to wherever they're meant to be going to. So the first thing, okay, what's the what does the what does the uh, what does the what does the verse say? Uh, so the first thing that the verse talks about is the Subhanallah the Asra bi Abdihi. Layla min al Masjid al Haram wa al Masjid al Aqsa. Yeah. Uh, now, first thing it's saying is that it's talking about the fact that uh, you're 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 going from who took his servant from. So the first thing is from min al Masjid al Haram. Yeah. So the Masjid al Haram. Now that is specific term for a specific place. Okay. Uh, uh, and the the Haramain. We know that there are two Haramain. Uh, which is uh, there are two of the two things that qualify. So this is the Kaaba and uh, the Masjid Medina. Yeah, this was obviously prior to the Hijra. Yeah, so this event took place prior to the Hijra. So there was no Masjid al-Medina. So this only referring could only be referring to the Kaaba. Now, what first step the first step that um, Brother uh, Burns must do, Brother in Humanity, is. He must show us a, a Masjid al-Haram in Egypt, from where from where the Egyptian from where the Israelites left. That's the first step. Then it says that they went to Ilal Masjid al-Aqsa, but we know that Moses never made it to Aqsa. They were wandering around in the Sinai Desert for forty years. Is that right, Brother Ajaz? Well, Jason seems to think that Moses made it there, but the Israelites. That's the whole point. So the the. If you look at the, the verse, actually refutes him from the beginning. There is no Masjid al-Haram in Egypt from where the Israelites left. There would be evidence of it now, and the Israelites never made it to. They never made it to uh, uh, Aqsa, the Jerusalem, Jerusalem, because it says specifically Aqsa, and they never made it there. They were wandering around the desert for forty plus years. Now, what, so what the is? whole thesis, if just this, just analysis of the thesis, it falls apart. And then when you get into the words themselves, it's a completely different thing entirely. Well, well the, my, the my confusion here is that he's saying that uh, scholarship is needed, but he rejects all the translations. Okay, you reject all the translations, but he's not qualified to, to read Arabic. He couldn't. And he said, he actually, I, I would like anyone to like, go back and watch the stream. He says that he took the, uh, the servant Israel, or Moses, because he changed it, to Masjid al-Haram. Right. If you read in the Arabic, the word there, min, is pretty clear. Min and illa, right? He takes you from a place to a place, not to a place to another place. Right? So it, I think it's poor reading comprehension. I think what it's it is is that Jason's mixed up the terms between thesis and just making up a story. And I he think thinks just, be, just because he makes up a story, it becomes a thesis. And um, the Kirk. It requires a bit more, uh, a bit more uh, evidence and clout, and it has to actually correspond to what the words are in the Quran itself. You can't come up with a thesis that go completely against the literal Text. meaning that was understood for fourteen centuries, and explained by the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, as to the uh, the, the Mehraj and how what happened exactly, and where and he went to Jerusalem, and then. 
the pagans decided that they would get some people who would travel to Jerusalem to ask the prophet about uh, 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 aspects of Jerusalem because they knew the prophet had never been to Jerusalem. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the prophet explains to us that he gave the whole image in front of his eyes of Jerusalem. And he explained to the Jews and the pagans uh, minute details of the streets in Jerusalem and the buildings and what they look like and what and details that even uh, the people themselves would not have actually known. They would have had to probably go there and verify the details. Uh, SubhanAllah. So there's a whole seerah, there's a whole uh, hadith uh, of the Prophet, peace be upon him, behind this these verses. And the verses explicitly are talking about, as Dr. Imran said and Ijaz said, uh, Masjid al-Haram, which is always, the Haram Sharif is always referred to in the Quran as the Kaaba uh, in Mecca. And so, I mean, as I said, is that's not a thesis, uh, Jason. And, and then as soon as you start to scrutinize Jason on the details, um, you know, he then throws a wobbly. And then he starts to, uh, uh, you know, accuse us of not being fair and doing ad hominem attacks. Um, we're just challenging what you're saying, Jason. Uh, that's not an ad hominem attack. That's just scrutinizing what you're saying. All right, we've got a couple of you guys backstage, but you need to have your cameras on so we can identify you. Once we've identified uh, you, could, you could, turn could, your could I just in, in interject to say that uh, it's interesting that um, Jason comes to critique Islam by ignoring all of the Islamic tradition, failing to read the Arabic himself correctly in the first place, misreading the English, because he said it was about Israel and then about Moses, so he was not sure about his own thesis, and then tries to determine for us what the text says. That's not a thesis, nor is that scholastic, Jason. You have to establish your basis for what the text is saying to begin with before you begin to interpret it, right? So by telling us that you don't know Arabic, but at the same time, you looked up the etymology of the words. There's a different, by the way, this is known as the fallacy of etymology, right? When you look up the root meaning of a word and you ignore the morphology of the word and you say one is, uh, uh, you choose one and not the other. There's a reason that words change in their, in their forms in sentences. So it's very specific, the form of the word here, that it is referring to in a similar place. There is no dispute about this. So... It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, if I said Rasul uh, in the Quran, it means it could, some of the root word message, right? So the Prophet must have been sent a, a an email from Allah in order to be a messenger or something like this, right? Mm. It doesn't work this way. It yeah. simply does not. There is an established meaning and tradition behind the word. For example, as masjid, we know what this is. Is there any dispute about what the word masjid is? No, mm. there is not. And Masjid al-Haram, there is not. He might come and say, well, Haram means a place of prohibition, so that could be a place anywhere of pro prohibition. But Masjid al-Haram, mm. well, in this case, it means a noble sanctuary, sanctuary, mm. sacred place. But still, Masjid al-Haram, does that have that phrase, does that have any other meaning? No, it's a term, it's a very specific phrase. Mm. So, even yeah. if you get the etymology, you miss the trees for the forest. 
And you know what, uh, guys, what this shows, and I hope this shows even atheists and uh, agnostics and people of other religion, this actually shows the veracity of Islam. Because I, because if these are the sort of silly arguments you have to try to make to somehow cast doubt on Islam, the Quran, or the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, he's a pastor. You know, he's a pastor, Jason Burns. He's in Africa. He's preaching the gospel. You know, he, he he's a person who says he's an academic, would like to have debates. He's read tons of books. Whenever he comes to Speaker's Corner, he comes with, like, notes, literally, uh, like, a you know, a, a telephone directory. You know, for some of you who are as old as I am will know what a telephone directory is. But some of the younger ones, it's probably Google. But, uh, yeah, he comes with literally pages like that. So, you know, he he's a person who studies and studies and he's preaching and he's teaching. And then he comes out with this sort of nonsense. So it just shows that if there was something really fundamental uh, that could challenge Islam, then he'd come with that. But he, they come with these sort of silly arguments. Right, guys, you, there's a few of you backstage, but I need you to keep your cameras on. I, I will interact with you for a few seconds and then I'll give you an opportunity to turn your cameras off. If you're not going to put your cameras on, then I I will take you off the backstage because it's no point clogging up the backstage when we have other guests trying to get on. Uh, once it's full, we can't get anybody else on. So if you want to put your cameras on and quickly interact, and then we'll get you on. Otherwise, we won't be able to get you on. So please don't waste your time hovering in backstage if your cameras are permanently off because we're not going to let you on. So you're just sort of wasting your time, really. Um yeah, so it does. Uh, you know, um, I was uh, watching some uh, um, uh, streams on um, a few channels, and uh, some very interesting, uh, very very interesting historical um, points in terms of Christianity. Uh, I think Bart Ehrman has uh, uh, come up with a, a new book. I think it's called The Bible or something, if I'm not mistaken. I may have probably messed up the title there. But he goes into early Christians and in early Christians actually not believing in Jesus as as God. Um, and I found that really, really interesting, how people who are literally at the time of Jesus um, referring to him uh, not as God and not worshipping him and how these things sort of develop over time. Um, and, and I just wonder why is it that when Christians, theologians and, 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 and scholars, when they study this and they see this, why do they not find this problematic, really? Well, I mean, there are many reasons for it. It depends on the group of Christians that you're speaking about. But, I mean, all Christians would agree that by the time that Jesus arrived on the scene, um, the standard view was that no humans can be God in Judaism. Right? That's the standard view. Humans are not God and God is not a human. So when Jesus first started teaching, his message does not deviate from that, even in the Christian reading of the text. You read, the, you read the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus begins to preach, his message is not distinctive from that which is already there. Right? They, they might say some things about his reading of Isaiah, but we're never presented with what that is, just, just to be clear. When Jesus goes to preach, or people call him rabbi, at the very start, he's not teaching that humans can be God and vice versa. And so... It's interesting because historians agree with this. Jesus was a Jew who, you know, who had, had a view for uh, the apocalypse coming soon, basically. Judgment, the end of the world, etc. So he wasn't teaching something distinctive theologically. 
Christians have to believe that at some point he did begin teaching something different. But even when you read the Gospels, it's left as a mystery, right? It's not something presented distinctly. And I try to ask myself the question, and we've asked this on the screen before, if Jesus has to take the average Jewish mind at that time in rural Galilee, in the region of Capernaum, how is he going, where, where does he teach the concept that man can be God? When does he introduce that? How does he explain it? How does he break it down? Does he convince his audience of disbelief, this T-H-I-S, disbelief, because he has to convert them from one to the other. And it's a significant change. We don't see that. So it leaves a lot of doors open to speculation. But at the very foundation, we don't historically, even from the Christian tradition, see Jesus making that effort to dramatically change the foundations of Jewish belief. And if he did, for some reasons, the authors of the Gospels left them out. And we were left with later teachers trying to trying to uh, introduce Logos theology, right? Jesus doesn't tell you that he's the word of God in the Gospels, by the way, right? Something as simple as that, that's foundational to Logos theology. But we don't find that from the lips of Jesus. Who do we find that from? The anonymous author of John. So there are so many complications to this that Christians need to discern between what history says, what history says about their tradition, and what their tradition says. There are three views on this. Simply repeating what the tradition says does not mean that that's history's view of the tradition, or that is what history says. So it leaves that as a blank. It, it leaves that as a blank canvas for them to paint in the details as they want. But us as Muslims, we don't have to do this. Our mm. God speaks definitively, and the message that He gives to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is definitive. We're not left asking these questions. Early Muslim groups were not asking the question: Could Muhammad be Allah? Does Muhammad Sallallahu have the attributes of Allah? Could Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam be co-equal to Allah? And we don't find this ambiguity. So I put the question back to Christians. If Jesus truly cared about what we believed in about God, if he truly wanted us to have this transformation in belief from uh, mono, monotheistic, non-idolatrous worship to uh, technically idolatrous worship, the worship of an image of the unseen God, then where is this and how is this transformation seen in the Christian tradition? Simply assuming mm. that the case isn't true. Well, I think I mean, there are fundamental problems here, aren't there? Because we're being told by Christians that... Emotional, maybe emotional. We're being told that, that, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, basically, and that they are co-equal and they are... Co-eternal. You know, co-eternal but then we're told at the same time it's jesus is eternally begotten so yeah, i mean so they're, they're confused by the, because jesus never says he's eternally begotten we know that the term monogenes does not being begotten but one of a kind so mm. you know it's a mistranslation using the later latin transformation of the word uni acousta uh, unigenitus right there's that translation and its impact on the Greek. But, I mean, even Paul, technically, if we assume it's Paul, says that Jesus is the firstborn of creation. Mm. He specifies that. He is of the creation of God. Mm. And the mm. creation of God is not equal to God in any sense. Yeah. Right? 
And if so God, I mean, then, God the Father is all-powerful and the Son is not all-powerful, then they're not equal. If, if God is all-knowing and the Son is actually um, at times ignorant on things, nobody knows the hour, not even the angels in heaven, not even the Son, only the Father, uh, th therefore uh, it's singling out the Father, singling out God Almighty. Uh, how is that co-equal? It can't be co-equal, right? And I think this, this is where the fundamental issues and problems arise. And I think this is why there was a poll done by the Christian church. And they found that secretly uh, a large number of Christians actually didn't fully accept this term of Jesus being God. Um, and in fact, they believed him more as a messenger uh, of God rather than uh, you know, equal to God in some way. Uh, but anyway, look, Sean, we're going to get you on next uh, because you've had your camera on, but I'd like you just to uh, switch it on for a second or two. Just give me a wave if that's okay, uh, Sean. That's great. You can turn it off, mate, uh, and we'll get you on next. So I'll come uh, back in, Sean. Give me a few right, No problem. Sean, welcome to the stream. Hello. Hi there, I'm Sean. How are you? Fine, thanks. Lovely. Where are you tuning in from today? Ireland. Oh, Ireland, lovely. Nice to have you. Welcome to the stream. And um, did you have a question for us? Well, not really. I I um I looked up uh, on the free AI tool there all the bad things in Quran. Mm -hmm. There's loads of stuff in it. Right. But um, I was just thinking mainly um, you know that war there in the Middle East there, uh, Israel. Yeah. I mean, is it mainly to do with religion or is it politics? It's probably mainly religion, no? It's probably got very little, if anything, to do with religion in reality. I'm not saying that there aren't a religious context for some people, um, but I think that the many of the leaders in Israel themselves are agnostic or atheist, in fact. Um, uh, this is purely about uh, uh, land. This is a colonial project. This is a European uh, project that has happened many times. Uh, it happened to in the Americas. Um, you know, you, the Irish, suffered greatly under the British uh, rule. Um, we're talking about famines and all sorts of things that were were done to the Irish because they were they saw you lesser than their than themselves. In fact, in England, uh, when my father first came here. There used to be signs on uh, on on uh, on rooms to let and houses to let. No Irish, no dogs, uh, no blacks. Uh, so you know, it's a it's a pure it's a racism. It's uh, 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 it's basically land. It's occupying a land. It's taking over a land, uh, and I think a lot of it is to do with that. So if you look at the uh, even um, Herzl. Uh, who is regarded as one of the main founders of Israel, you find that a lot of these people were irre irreligious. They weren't actually religious people, in fact. Uh, and you find, in fact, that um, this, this concept of creating a state uh, for Israel in many ways um, was driven by other motivations, not, not, not religious. But the religious, motive, the religious aspects were, were brought in to bring in an entire new group of people who were religious, you see. But if you look at the Orthodox Jews, 
they actually say that to form a state before the coming of the Messiah is an abomination. They, the Orthodox Jews, and many of whom are on marches with uh, uh, people who support the Palestinians, are saying that to form a state is actually not Judaism. It's actually something that is outside of Judaism. It's an abomination to even do this. And in fact, you'll find that many Orthodox Jews uh, will openly say how things were relatively peaceful when they lived with the Muslims who were ruling Palestine, that they had their rights. And in fact, they will also confirm that Jews found sanctity while Europe was massacring Jews in Europe. Uh, they found sanctity in many Muslim countries, many Muslim lands. Uh, and there are great Jewish historians who've actually written about the fact that we, we are free, that we uh, live freely here. Some of the great works, the golden age of Jewry, in fact, according to um, the, um, the historian, uh, you know, uh, Westest Westestine, uh, who wrote in the Jewish Chronicle, uh, he wrote that, you know, how Islam saved Jewry because Jews uh, had their golden age in, in Andalus, in Spain, under Muslim rule. So, you know, it, what I'm trying to say to you is that the, the people try to cite religion and it's all about religion. In reality, um, it's actually a lot, a lot more than that. And I think the many of the Western countries... Uh, unfortunately, um, because of influence from uh, APAC and Friends of Israel and who have you, I mean, they spent over $100 million in America, for example, um, in effect, I would say bribing uh, politicians to make sure that they don't vote against, um, against Israel. And then you have the arms company who are making billions and billions of dollars out of these wars, these illegal wars. Uh, and these massacres, and they have a very, very powerful lobby uh, that facilitates, encourages, um, and uh, multiplies these type of uh, uh, horrific incidents. So it's, I think it's very little to do with religion in reality, though. I think you'd find the ground roots are uh, to do with other things other than religion. Yeah, well, I don't. I think it's probably more 50-50 because... There's a conservative Jews in Israel that are very pro um, getting rid of Hamas. The conservative Jews, like in government, I heard, want uh, they probably want to rebuild the temple. They they want to destroy the Muslim mosque there, mm. and rebuild the temple and bring back the Messiah or something. That's one theory I know. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert in religion. That's one theory I heard. You know, when you, when you go on to um, AI uh, and you go Google, you want to Google some stuff, just Google how Israel supported Hamas. And you might find that quite interesting to read as to why they supported Hamas themselves. Why did they allow funds to enter into Hamas's hands? Uh, and why did some Israeli officials say that it was one of their biggest regrets to support Hamas? And when you read up about why they did it, you realize just how much skullduggery and how much, uh, um, you know, as I say, forked tongue speech has gone on. 
And the reason why they supported Hamas and allowed Hamas to get strong and grow, because the Palestinian Authority, uh, whether you like them or you don't like them, whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them, they decided that perpetual conflict was not going to resolve the problem for the Palestinian people. Because you had Israel, that's a nuclear state, which has the backing of the United States of America, one of the biggest uh, warmongering and genocidal uh, countries, unfortunately. I'm not saying that they are the only ones. There are many other bad countries. And there are some Muslims who've done bad things in the history as well. I'm not claiming that somehow they are unique in what they've done. But they realized that they would not get a peaceful resolution um, by or, or a resolution by entering into conflict with the nuclear power. So they tried to approach the United Nations and try to go through it through international law. And of course, Israel realized that this was going to be problematic. So it actually supported and propped up Hamas in order to destroy the peace process because they were never interested in a two-state solution. Because if you look at their own words, things that they themselves have said openly, and you can go back to Benjamin Netanyahu even 20, 30 years ago and some of the things that he said and some of the things that their ministers have said and their rabbis have said, and it's open. It's it's no longer uh, a secret. It's no longer a debate. It's no longer uh, a conspiracy theory. These are literally things you can go and find yourself now that have been openly, widely said. Uh, the peace process was regarded as the peace offensive by the Israeli government because peace would mean that they would have to make concessions and they were never prepared to make concessions. They wanted this land in its entirety. And this is precisely what you've seen over the last 75 years. Palestinian territories and lands are shrinking and have shrunk now to just a slither of what was already a slither of land. And now the final assault is to make life a living hell for what, who are the people who are left. So when finally they force Egypt or bribe Egypt to open up the border, that they will have a mass exodus of people who are just escaping mass murder, mass killing, genocidal, evil and they will never let the palestinian people ever in again ever that was the, that was what they wanted to do and that's what they've carried out and the world look the world can see it the issue here is now these are not really things that are even worthy of debate anyone who wants to enter into a debate about these things has lost their mind and the reason why I say that so categorically is that you have senior Israeli officials, senior army personnel, the army officers themselves, while filming the genocide, confirming what the superiors have already told them to do. Their own words are condemning them to what they're doing. So for anyone now to claim that it's not, they're not, you know, of course, they're trying not to kill civilians or that they're trying to just get rid of Hamas. You have to have lost your mind if you actually believe that. Because it would be like 
it would be like somebody who owns up to killing, say, a hundred people. He says, "Yeah, I'm killing this person," and he's fit and he's filming it all along while he's doing it. And then afterwards, you have other people claiming that this person actually didn't do it for the reasons that he said he did it. Does that even make sense? The very people are saying that they're doing these things, and then you've got other people thousands of miles away claiming, "Oh no, but they don't mean that." Oh, but they're not doing that. They might be saying it. There might be video, hundreds, if not thousands, of videos of them actually doing those acts that they're that they're saying. Uh, there might be international, uh, you know, neutral parties like surgeons and doctors and NGOs who are in that area who are also validating those claims that this is what's happening. And then you've got people thousands of miles away telling us. Yet, despite all that evidence and all that thing, all the things they're saying and doing and filming, that's not what's actually happening. We want you to believe something else. I have a different theory. You have to be out of your mind, quite frankly, <laughs> to make that claim. Uh, you, you literally, you have to be out of your mind to make that claim. Um, so I don't know how you see it, Sean, but. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think. Yeah, it's well, a I, pretty bad. I mean, it's a pretty bad. It's probably worse than the the bombing of Germany. Well, to be fair, the Germans got pretty badly bombed. Kind of deserved it, though. Uh, the, the, no, I don't think uh, the people in Palestine see, deserve it that much. I mean, Hamas, Sean, maybe. But you, but you see, Sean, you see, I'm I'm totally in agreement for German soldiers who are killing innocent people who are targeting innocent people who are bombing innocent people that they deserve to be fought and if if it means you kill them then you have to kill them but the the women and children being targeted deliberately whether it was us or whether it was the germans we can't justify that in our religion the deliberate targeting of women and children non combatants we we're not allowed to justify that as a muslim i cannot justify if Hamas or Hezbollah or ISIS or any government or any people, they do that and they deliberately target innocent women and children and non-combatants as a Muslim, I'm not allowed to condone that or accept that as a valid response. Even if the other people are doing worse to you, we have boundaries in Islam. We can't then just go and indiscriminately just wipe out and commit genocide on the people because they did some horrible things to us. Yeah, but why did Hamas... I mean, I think Hamas did a bad mistake. I mean, I understand Gaza is a concentration camp, but I think Hamas kind of ruined it for... I mean, I wish the Muslims were not as fanatical... Like didn't have like there's a lot of extreme things about anti-Jewish and the end of the world do you stuff have in do you Islam. Have parents, Sean, do you have parents? Yes. Do you have? Uh, are you married? Do you have children? That doesn't mean I support Hamas. No, 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 no That no, doesn't I'm mean. I'm asking you a question. I'm asking you a question, Sean. Do you have Do you have children? Do you have? Uh, do you have a wife? No. Okay. Do you have friends and and other family members? Yes. Let's say that I came into your house and I took your family, your parents, your family, and everyone, and I shoved them into a garden shed. 
I kept there for 75 years. And I would periodically come and kill your children, starve you. I'd cut off your medicine. But Abbas, can I just say something? Because I'd humiliate you. I'd humiliate you. And I would kill your parents. And you would lose 20, possibly 30 members of your family. If you then, if you then managed to get hold of a gun and you then came after me and you shot me, would you see that in the same light as somebody who just goes and indiscriminately kills kills your family and kills your all your people that you know? No, I, I totally understand why Hamas kind of did it. But to be fair, I think Islam has a big role to play. Religion has a big role to play. So I'm just saying Judaism and Islam and Christianity are all responsible for what's, what's going on in Israel. Because all the religions think that the end of the world is going to happen in Israel. And they all want to go there and take over it because it's the most important part of all the religion. And they're all killing each other because of Israel. So I wish that the Muslims were maybe less extreme Muslim or hypothetically, let's say if they were all like Buddhists or something, I don't think they would be as badly treated but from the Jews. Okay, hypothetically, let's say all the Muslims were atheists in Israel. I don't think the Jews, the, the extreme Jews, would treat them as badly. But I could be wrong. Because I think the Jews are supremacist and they want the end of the world to happen. And they need to destroy the temple in their the, 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 the Mecca there, their mosque there. We have and they need to get rid of the Muslims. Sean, to, Sean, just to, very quickly, Sean, we have to be careful with our terms. We don't use the word Jews because there are lots of Jews who do not support what Israel is doing. Um, we, uh, we, our argument is not with Jews. Our argument is with Zionists and with the state of Israel. Our argument is not about Jews because Judaism, and there are many, many Jews who are peace activists, many of whom have lost their lives protecting uh, innocent people, whether it was in South Africa, whether it was in Palestine, wherever it might be. So we've got to be very careful with our terms. This is not a Jewish Muslim issue. This is Israel against the Palestinian people, many of whom are also Christian, by the way, Palestinians. So it's nothing to do, as I said to you, Sean, you're, you're, you're unfortunately coming to this with an assumption, an underlying assumption as to why these things are happening. But I would assure you that the evidence actually is very contrary to what you're actually claiming. Because Islam was in Palestine for over a thousand years. Muslims have been there and, th and there were Jews living there and there were Christians living there. In fact, did you know, Sean, that the most sacred church in Jerusalem, do you know who has the keys for that church? Uh, the Armenians? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's given to the Muslims, a family of Muslims, and they're, they're the ones who are holding it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And do you know why they trusted those keys with the Muslims? No. Nope. They wanted to prevent conflict between the different denominations of the church, of Christians. And the Muslims faithfully held on to those keys for hundreds of years. So there was, there, I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not claiming that there weren't issues and problems along the way. 
but I can assure you that there are many Orthodox Jews who have noted that we were living in relative peace and harmony when the Muslims were in control of Jerusalem. And our second caliph, Umar Khattab, he reintroduced the Jews into uh, Palestine, into Jerusalem, because the Christians had actually completely wiped them off and take them, taken them out. But our principle was always that this was a shared land, important to everybody, Christian, Jew, and Muslim. So, Sean, what I'd like you to do really is maybe don't go on AI so much or Google. Learn some things from primary sources. I would say go to the historian um, uh, Karen Armstrong. She's not a Muslim, by the way. She's an ex-nun. Read some of the things that she said and some of the things that she's written about of Muslim rule in that area. The difference is chalk and cheese. And when you say that the Israelis would not have done what they're doing to uh, uh, these people in Palestine because they're Muslim, firstly, some of them are actually Christian. And this is purely a European colonial project where they've gone and taken somebody else's land. I don't think it would have made any difference whatsoever what religion these people were. These people are brown, they're Arabs, and this white race that has come in from uh, Russia, Poland, Hungary, and all of the Europe, many of the European countries have basically wanted this land. And they've, they were powerful because they had allies like America and Britain, and they fully used their influence and their power as a consequence to commit the atrocities that they've committed. But, I, I, you know, you should perhaps go and do a little bit more research, but you're pretty much off the mark. But sorry, doctor, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, um, Sean. Yes. Uh, you, you, you painted, uh, I'm just sort of trying to get behind, because I, I want to understand why you came on, because uh, you Googled some stuff about the Quran and he said lots of bad things in it. I mean, that doesn't really, I don't really know what that means. Well, I looked for bad yeah. things and yeah. look for yeah, bad things. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure if we look for bad things in anything, you're going to find some website somewhere that will tell you something bad about something. It doesn't It's not a way to learn about anything. You won't, you won't get anything accurate information because what you're saying is my mind is made up and I want to confirm what my mind is telling me. And that's called confirmation bias. And that's actually a fallacy in terms of how you learn about things. Um, but if that's the way you're going to go off um, and I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do, uh, Islam, oh yeah, let me just Google, tell me all the bad things about Islam AI. Then you're going to end up with the wrong end of the stick. And probably that's what you got. So I don't. So you never mentioned any of those bad things, but you 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 came that you came you you started off with that sentence, which didn't make sense to me. How, as an approach, that's not how you learn. If you wanted to study anything about anyone, so if I wanted to study Egyptians, I wouldn't go and tell me all the bad things about Egyptians. That's it's irrelevant. It's like trying to learn a language by learning all the swear words first. It's it's not going to get you very far. The other thing you 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 did, which was. I don't know why you had that approach. That was my first comment. The second comment was that you seem to want to paint this thing as a, a religion thing. And you talked about Buddhists as if, have you not heard of Myanmar? Have you heard of Myanmar? Yes, I have. Uh, what happened in Myanmar? Yeah, the Buddhists and the Muslims are not going to fight each other. No. That could be Hindus happened. as well. No, no, that's not what happened in Myanmar. The Buddhists carried out a genocide against the the, the Muslims in the area, the Rohingya. You don't remember that, or is that you've forgotten that? 
No, no, I heard about it. All right, there's refugees. Have you have you heard of Stalin? Yes. Famous atheists, yeah. One of your one of your lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, how, how many we're, people did Stalin? I'm not saying we're perfect, eh? No, no, but no, 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 perfect. no. That's not the point, Sean. That's not the point. The point I'm making is that all of your assumptions seem to be these talking points that are just flawed. The atheists. Active atheists, I mean, Stalin killed tens of millions of people, Pol Pot, or whoever you want to name. There are lots of these atheists who set up societies that are that are probably the worst examples of societies ever set up in the history of humankind. The worst examples. And this is the problem when you get to atheism, because when it comes down to atheism, then really it's just about... Uh, Anything goes. You can decide what you want is right and wrong. So, at the, at the point that you're trying to make this is somehow a religious oriented. This is a. This is a. This is a. This is religion is often used by those in power to carry out certain actions. Yeah. The what's happened? What you see in atheists? They also use atheism as a way to carry out what they want to do. And and Stalin was like that. So. None of these things are. Uh, none of these things are get you anywhere. The point is, why? What? What bothers you about it? Why are you worried about? I mean, we're just. You're an atheist. You said yes. No, I'm just worried that like this war in Israel could cause World War Three or Armageddon because no, what, what's the big all the deal? Christians. I mean, yeah. So what? We're, we've evolved from like nothing, right? There's no meaning in anything. We're not. We're not actually. We're an accident, a, a cosmic accident, right? We have we're not actually uh, human beings uh, that are that have any value more than the amoeba does, which evolved for the same length of time, or the or the rock which has been sitting there for probably millennia more than we have. What what value do we? Ha where do you get the idea that somehow this is an issue? You don't complain about the lions eating the tigers, or, uh, the 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 deer, or anything like that. So what's the difference between? Two species, a, a species into fighting and, and annihilating itself. What's the what's the big? Why does it bother you as as an atheist? Isn't that inevitable? Well, I'm just worried that the, the religious people are going to kill each other and cause World War Three. But yeah, well, I am worried like about the atheists. Like to be like fair, like atheists, atheists are pretty bad too. Yeah, I'm just so worried in general over the human race. But I'm probably yeah. more worried about religious people. To be fair, why? Because religion is not scientifically correct and it leads so, to a lot of um, incorrect beliefs. Yeah, but what's, what's, what is, why does something have to be scientifically correct? Well, there's a lot of things in religions that are not scientifically correct that have been debunked using science. So, so what, why does something have to be scientifically correct? Why does it have to be scientifically correct? Yeah, yes. Well, science leads to progress and if something's wrong, then it's bad, usually. Is is it the case? Yes. Why? Well, see, there's a problem here in your approach. So, what one you're saying is that science is the way to to get knowledge, to learn about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, tell me, prove that scientifically. Um, using the scientific method. I'm not a scientist. Sorry, but um. Using the scientific so method, I, I know, to, I know it's I not perfect. To to me. Uh, Sean, I want you to prove to me 
that science is the way to to verify anything or that's the, that's the way that we have to use T tell me why that's true T explain to me what your evidence for that is and give me scientific evidence please if you have any to prove that science finds the truth yeah the dynamo the whatever the scientific method the cognitive all the all the reasoning stuff all the stuff that happened there in the, the enlightenment in europe there enlightenment so, in europe whatever that time when they copied all the muslim texts and all the greek texts to become more yeah. enlightened and then they rejected religion napoleon yeah, so and when, all that so, yeah so let me help you so when the west when the western countries were being oppressed by the catholic church and there was the inquisition ongoing yeah you heard about the inquisition yes yeah so this is when the christian the catholics and the christians were annihilating anyone who said anything that was uh, supposedly going against the bible this is the history of the europeans and their their history with religion they what they did to galileo and what they did to copernicus galileo they uh, you know he was he was called to come come to the inquisition and he tried to avoid it and then eventually they put him under house arrest he died under house arrest and copernicus when he published his uh, unless unless i'm getting the names the wrong way around copernicus he waited until he was in the last year of his life he was very very ill before he published his book because he 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 knew that if he published it before he would be called before the inquisition or imprisoned and he waited for that time and now this is european history this is what Europeans did this is what Europeans did and this is why this is what led to the overthrowing of religion and the separating of the church from the state because of your European experience now the the eastern experience the muslims and everyone we didn't have this experience with religion we didn't have a a a a battle between science and religion it never happened for us and what the and what the often western people do arrogantly and I'm not not talking about you I'm talking generally is that they superimpose their war between science and religion onto everyone. They're saying there's an inherent problem with science and, reli and, and religion working together, and that's just a completely false narrative. It was specifically something that the West made up because of their experience with the Inquisition, nothing to do with Muslims and Islam. And you, and you seem to be running with this idea. What came out of that uh, separation of uh, um, dividing science and religion because you know the scientists were called natural philosophers in in the beginning and they they, they divided the science from the religion and, and there were uh, you know the, the people who were reading the works of uh, darwin etc uh, they they pointed out the fact that that in their minds that religion and science are at war this is the western idea western ideas and what they did was they imposed it upon everyone else and so now we have now you have people have this general concept that science and religion are not compatible but actually if you look at islam the the scientific method came from a muslim the scientific method came from a muslim some of the greatest achie uh, achievements in science were carried out under muslims mathematics astronomy you name it without any problem without conflict with the religion and the science in fact it was the religion that was spurring these people to look forward because Allah was telling them in the Quran that you look whether you look into yourself or the horizons you will see signs of the existence of the creator so this was an endeavor this was a this was a science the work of science was a spiritual endeavor to discover more evidence of the existence of a divinely 
orchestrated, beautifully balanced universe. So the problem is that you, the, the West, the, 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 this is a common thing now, that these, a lot of people from the West have this strange concept, or well, Sean's left, maybe he'll come back, but I'll just speak to the crowd generally so you understand, that many people in the West have this strange context, concept that science and religion are at loggerheads, and that science and the state have to be separated. Why? Because of the Western hang-ups and Western problems with their history. You can't superimpose that on other people because why this goes against the reality of the situation. Some of the most brutal people in the world that have existed in terms of leaders and rulers, uh, Sean is back, let's put him back up. Uh, some of the most brutal people that have been uh, uh, leading the world and carrying out the worst massacres have been atheists. 100%. They out-murdered everyone. So I don't really see, I don't really see uh, this what your arguments you're making make sense. And I don't understand why you're worried that this is a religious conflict, not the fact that innocent people are being killed. That, that's the thing that would, that's the thing. And, and I, I know Abbas spent a lot of time trying to explain to you why the Palestinians were resisting occupation, but there's no need to do that uh, because why it's blatantly obvious. Blatantly yeah. obvious. Yeah, and but you anyway, know what, what I find concerning? I understand the angle that which you are coming with. And I just wanted to point out some of the flaws that I thought were within that. So mm. there is no conflict between science and religion. Science is not the only way. You can't, you can't, a uh, simple example. If you want to know if I'm in pain and how much pain I'm in, the only way for you to know that is to ask me. There's no measurement you can do. No measurement you can do that will tell you how much pain I'm in. Why? Because science, there's certain things that science cannot do. There's a framework of religion which it can't go outside of. It can't tell you about value. It can't tell you about meaning. It can't tell you about all of the things that matter, the whys of the world. It can tell you how a cake was made. It can't tell you why it was made. It can describe the mechanics of the human being to a certain extent, whatever knowledge it has, but it can't tell you what the purpose of the human being is. This is why uh, there are lots of issues with the reality of the, of the people uh, when they get to a certain age, particularly men in the West the suicide rate is unbelievable the highest in 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 the in, in europe but that's all i wanted to say to you sean i'll let you carry on with the bus and i think maybe there's other people waiting we can think about brother uh, ijaz did you want to say anything at all sean um did you did you catch uh what uh, the doctor said or just need to unmute yourself uh sean uh yeah i just lost my internet there um yeah, I mean, I disagree with it, but I understand. Uh, no, I think there is a big difference between religion and science, but it's going to take me a long time to try and convince you. Sean, when you disagree, can you give a reason yeah. as to what exactly the Imran said that you specifically disagree with and your reasoned argument as to why you disagree with it? Well, morals are subjective, I think. So... I can make up a religion right now and claim that it is this God. And you cannot use science to disprove my God because there's no way to disprove God yet. There's no scientific me method that can prove that my God does not exist if I invent one now with the same so sure, morals. What you're, or... saying is that you're saying that morality, if, if human beings come up with it by themselves, then it becomes completely subjective. I would agree with you there. But if God exists from your perspective, obviously, if 
and he comes with moral codes that we have to follow, would they still be subjective or would they then become objective if they came from God? Well, yeah, obviously, we all need to use the scientific method to prove that there is a God. But we okay. so, science has never proven using scientific method that there so, is a God. So everything you believe in your life you believe because you follow the scientific method. Is that right? Well, morals, no, not really. Morals are deeper. I don't know what they are. You can use science what, to prove that there's good and bad. Be, can't be you argued can put, scientific no, you can, concept, right? You can use science to prove good things and bad things in nature. How do suffering you, how and all do you that. Use, how, do you, how do you use science to talk about good or bad? which are, according to you, yourself, Sean, subjective, completely subjective. How well, you, you, can, you, 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 make, you have tests to see how much pain you're in and consciousness and all that stuff. So that's what the vegans are all about, consciousness and pain and suffering and all that. So is, so is pain a bad thing, Sean? Yes. So when you have a bad infection in your mouth and your body goes through a lot of pain and then the dentist quickly removes the infected tooth and gives you antibiotics, potentially saving your life, I would say that sort of pain is a really good thing to have, wouldn't you, Sean? Yeah, but you could also have suffering that's good for you as well. Um, right, so a lot of religious... you agree with me now then on that then? No, a lot of religious people say that sacrifice and, and stuff like that is good, and then there's atheists that say that suffering is good too for growing, for learning, for... Sean, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that you exist, Sean? Yes. Do you believe that the universe exists, Sean? Yes. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know. Okay, so you could be wrong about the universe existing. Yeah, I could be in a parallel universe. I don't know. I could be a matrix. I don't know. Ghosts. I don't know. So you could be in a go in some movie called Ghosts, where you might not. So effectively, you wouldn't exist, then, right, Sean? Yeah, I don't exist. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. You're not even sure whether you exist, yeah, Sean? Yeah, yeah. So then, why are you talking about? Why are you even on this show then? I mean, if you're not even sure that you exist, what was the point of you even clicking the link and coming onto the show and talking and talking about the issues that you've brought up? Because you see, Sean, I find this really, really unusual when people uh, go to this level of scepticism about religion where they start to question their own existence. And, you know, the reason why I find it quite hilarious is that their entire life and everything they do, they do it because they believe that they exist. They, they go and get educated, they go and get, get a job, they go and eat the salt beef sandwich rather than the chicken one because they prefer the beef that day or they go for a stew or they go for whatever. Why do they do that? Because they know they exist and they know that taste. I, I think I feel like having that today, so they go and have that. They know they exist. It's intuitive. It's completely undeniable, in fact. And that's how you lead your life from when it comes to buying your phone or watching a movie, whatever it is, 
you know you exist because that's why you partake in the things that you partake in and the way that you do it. But when it when you, but suddenly we start asking this question about God or potentially the existence of a God from your perspective, and then people start thinking, well, maybe I don't even exist. Maybe the universe doesn't even exist. I mean, I just find that astonishing, really. And it's almost it's almost living a lie because you're living as if you exist and, and you believe that you exist. But suddenly when you want to have this conversation and you know where it potentially might lead, that you start asking the very fundamental uh, question of your own existence becomes becomes a, prob a pro potential problem for you. Don't, don't you see that as being rather sort of, I don't know, I don't want to use the word hypocritical, but don't you see these sort of double standards there, Sean? No, I was joking there. I'm just saying that you don't need to know if you exist to care about things and have feelings and all that. It's not important, really. It's just like So are you morals, joking or are you serious, Sean? Religion. I mean, we're having a weird discussion here. Are you serious or are you just joking about existing? Well, I don't know. In the future, we could find out that we're all living in a matrix or something and nothing's real using okay, the scientific method joking. to find out. So, so I'm not, not sure. Joking. I'm not sure. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, so you're not joking. You're serious about questioning your in, own existence then. Well, our current reality. I'm not about all the question of God and religion using the scientific method. I don't think we'll. The science has all debunked a lot of things in religion. So are you joking or are you not joking? Are you serious about not existing or are you actually joking about not existing? Which one is it? Because you're actually contradicting yourself now in literally 60 seconds. You're contradicting your position. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. No, okay, Sean. It's been really lovely having you. I just think uh, just on, 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 your, on your way out, I just think that you have to – Really, one of the things to learn about when it comes to science is just to learn how science is done. So I would read about the things that underpin science. And what you can maybe go and look on the internet for is something called the, maybe the philosophy of science, the underlying principles of how science is. One of the things you can learn from that is where the limits of science are and what those things are that uh, science cannot teach you. But, Sean, it's been interesting talking to you. I wish you all the best, okay? All right, thanks. Bye. Bye, Sean. Um, sorry, J Justin, can I just... Uh, Bob, I'm going to get you on next because you did have your camera on. Uh, uh, Justin, if you could leave your camera on and we could just interact with you, I'll get you on after, Bob. Uh, Bob, just switch your camera on very quickly for me again, if, you, if that's okay. You can turn it off before I get you live. Just give me a thumbs up, uh, Bob. That's lovely. We're going to get you on now. You can turn your camera off, brother. Uh, Bob, welcome to the stream. Hello. Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Asalaam, Bob. How are you guys doing, brothers? Alhamdulillah. Where are you tuning in from, Bob? I'm from England, UK. Oh, you're from I the think... UK. So, yeah. Bob, this is actually a non-Muslim stream, but uh, now that you're on, um, was it some, what was it that you wanted to talk to us about? Um, I just want to ask you a question because, um, obviously, I'm a Muslim. Because if I'm talking to non-Muslims about, something they ask me about islam i do my best to ask uh, to answer them a question but there's there's a few questions i struggle to answer them so i'm, I'm hoping for you guys maybe you know those answers you can help me so, so what, we have, I think. 
we 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 have a we have a, a stream which is dedicated to exactly what you've asked, which is called the Dawa Clinic. Okay. And you can ask any Dawa related question. We would be happy to have you on that stream. I'm I'm just uh I don't think it's this Wednesday. Is that right, guys? Am I I'm, I'm um is it this coming Wednesday or is it the your run your your You've muted. got a couple of options, uh, Bob. Uh, you can either send us the question via email. The email will come up on the screen in a second. Uh, okay. Or come on to that stream. I'm not sure exactly when the 6th of March is the next stream, uh, which is in a couple of weeks' time. So if it's uh, if you email us and we'll help you with a way of how to go forward, inshallah, and, and help with that discussion. But this really is a stream for uh, non-Muslims. We're just trying to uh, give them an opportunity more than... Uh, more than this uh, for you at the moment. So there's two streams we do for Muslims, and this is uh, okay. one is the Doubt Busters, which is on this Wednesday. You can maybe come on that and ask there. Uh, in a just phrase your question carefully, and then if not, then there is the uh, the Dawa Clinic, which is a two weeks time on a Wednesday. So uh, yeah. those two streams. So that's only a couple of days away. If, if you if you need more urgent information, please uh, send an email. Uh, the email is on the screen for you there. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, and then we can help you with that, brother. Is that okay? No, no, that's fine. I didn't realize this is for no, 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 problem, no problem. Not a problem. Um, no okay, problem. I'll do. I'll do as you said. Thank you very much. brother. Nice to speak to you. Okay, okay. Assalamualaikum. Salam. I mean, the only reason, obviously, we want to try to remain uh, consistent is that a lot of Muslims do sometimes ask to come on. And we tell them not to. <laughs> so we just sort of try to be fair. And uh, inshallah, we will, if he's in a rush, we'll try to answer it via email. Otherwise, on Wednesday, 8.30 p.m., uh, set a reminder uh, and you'll get the notif notification bell and then you'll get the notification for the stream uh, this uh, this Wednesday. Uh, Justin, if you want to put your camera on uh, and then we can uh, uh, just interact with you, you can turn your camera off before you come on live. Uh, but we do need to just identify guests before they come on. Um, if you can do that, we'll get you on. Otherwise, I'm, I'm really sorry we won't be able to uh, to get you on if you don't put the camera on. Um, uh, you, you know, there was a, there was a it was just, it was a shame really. But it, it, with Sean, I mean, for me, you know, it, 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 it's a shame that you have to go to. Um, some AI robot and then start doing searches about bad things about X or bad things about Y. On and that then... note, but, uh, brother, just can I ask you a question? Um, if somebody, if yeah. somebody was, somebody is a non-Muslim and they want to learn about Islam, um, we saw one approach there by uh, Sean. How, how would you, uh, being as neutral as possible, what, what do you, what would you think is a good way for a, a non-Muslim to find out about Islam because obviously there's a lot of interest now with them with the, what's happening around the world. Uh, what would your recommendations be for them? What can they do? I would, I would go to the people who are Muslim, Muslims, and so I think uh, I think our emails and our comments reflect this. Lots of non-Muslims were interested in what's going on in Palestine. Why the Muslim people there seem to have um, great resilience, spiritually, mentally, and physically. They're gathering this from their iman, their belief in Islam. And alhamdulillah, there were many da'wah groups, including EF da'wah, Ayara, da'wah-wise, all of these groups spreading the message of Islam. We would welcome them to look at our website, efdawah.com, newmuslimacademy.org, uh, ayara.org, uh, dawahwise.com. These are simple, neutral websites 
that provide fundamental information about Islam, fundamental and foundational, I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't right. go to an AI, to to be honest, because uh, AIs basically take information from the web, they scrape the web for information. That, can, that information could be accurate or not accurate. And it's a it's like a toss-up. It's nothing definitive. Um. So yeah, I would like pray for people to go to Muslims, inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, doctor, I, don't want you to, I wanted to just refer to this comment. It was made a short while ago. It was referring to your statement about um, science and Islam and what have you uh, in terms of how Islam propagated actually and encouraged thought um, and uh, and science um, because it sort of implies that uh, it was the Arabian trade- traders who basically went to India and this is where they brought back maths and, and, and astronomical knowledge uh, uh, from India basically and then that was what ended up in Europe as if this was somehow just a a transfer of knowledge, you know, nothing built upon, uh, no great universities, no great books, no great thought, uh, no new novel uh, scientific phenomena, no books of medicine used in the West for five hundred years as you know, as the as the primary source of med. None of that came, of course, from the Arabs or from Arabia or from the Muslims. Uh, so, Doctor, would you would you like to comment on that at all? <laughs> yeah. So, the, so one of the one of the things that we find is that um, in the way that we are taught education in the West, you you are taught education as if there was this something that happened in amongst the Europeans that led to this phenomenal uh, outpouring of uh, knowledge that, you know, the West produced and every scientist was white and you, you never told about any black scientists, Asian scientists, Indian scientists, any other scientists at all. And so we're left with this perception that uh, knowledge, a beneficial scientific knowledge uh, that has practical application is a Western phenomenon. And when the Muslims talk about the fact that the Renaissance was built off of the back of the, um, the, the, the Arab knowledge that was available, the Muslim knowledge in, in Spain after 1492 when it was invaded and there were more books, there were more libraries in Spain in the Muslim world than there were books in England. The, the, when, when, we, when we're saying this, we're not, no one's making the claim that somehow it was the Arabs who came up with it or the Muslims who came up with this, not, because that's an equally arrogant and racist perspective. Uh, we def- often openly talk about the fact that the Greek work was preserved by the Arabs, used by the Arabs, built upon by the Arabs. So we are all human beings. We are all the descendants of Adam. Everyone stands on the giants, it's the shoulders of the giants that have gone before. And wherever the knowledge may be, amongst human beings if it's a beneficial knowledge then it should be acknowledged then truth could be come from so yes i i would be surprised if there was no phenomenal knowledge amongst the indians uh the people that the dravidians whoever they might be that was beneficial and useful and you know uh, that was then passed on to the other civilizations around the world it would be ridiculous to say otherwise but so there's no I'm not uh, when we make these statements, we're, we're trying to counter a narrative, not by making the same narrative ourselves. We're saying that knowledge is a human phenomena that is something shared upon and we all build up on each other's knowledge. It doesn't belong to one ethnicity, one particular group of people. So I agree with him. 
<laughs> I don't disagree with him, but I want him to understand that it's that the point is against what he does misunderstanding the point that I was being made. Um, there was great that every civilization that has built upon what has come before has taken what was what was available and furthered it. So that happened when the Arabs got hold of knowledge, where because it was because the Arabs, you have to understand, were at one time just warring tribes caught between two empires. Within a hundred years, they became the greatest empire, and they ruled for thirteen hundred years, for not the one of the, the biggest empires in the world. And all that knowledge was that was around was amassed and valued, and it was built upon and passed forward. So it wasn't just we took it from here and we gave it there. No one does that. Even the people that existed before the uh, the uh, the uh, Indians and the Dravidians, etc., they received some knowledge from somewhere, and it was worked upon, furthered, and then passed on. And this is how it's always been, and this is how it'll always be. All I would, all I want is that not to give leave people with the misunderstanding that the knowledge that is found in the West is somehow a Western phenomena. It definitely isn't a Western phenomena, and it's built upon. If you have a watch and you're looking at your watch and it says one, two, three, four, those are Arabic numerals. Okay, before that they were using Roman numerals, and you can't do maths with Roman numerals. Yeah, so it literally is building upon what's come before. The zero probably had its origins in the Indian subcontinent. You need that for math as well. Knowledge is a human. It's it's something that we all inherit, and it's part of our uh, shared, uh, in you know, treasures. So th there's no idea that somehow that it belongs to a specific ethnic group of people. And my point was the opposite: that Arabic numerals were lifted from India. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a this is another ethnocentricity. Now this is where it goes the other way, you know. Ethno it becomes ethnocentric in the other direction. No, no, the knowledge only comes from India. Okay, okay. If that's if you want to hold that position, then there's no difference between you and the Europeans who show all the scientists as white. And that's the point that I was making. So it's very simple. You just take the uh, just demonstrate what you're saying, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we say, um, what people like to do is they like to nullify and wash away the significance of the history of people to somehow, um, you know, sterilize them from history, uh, not to give them credit where credit is due. And the reality, of course, is that, yes, of course, as you said, in history, there are many nations, the Greeks, for example, you know, with philosophy, Aristotle, Plato, uh, you know, great thinkers who came out of that region. And yes, of course, in the Indians and great works that came out of India as well. Why should we not celebrate those people? We should celebrate them. Of course we should. But why is it so difficult to celebrate the achievements of the Muslim for over a thousand years that ruled supreme and had, you know, that was way ahead of its time? Uh, why is it that you want to wash away that history? Why is it so uncomfortable for you to say, you know what, the Greeks did amazing things. The Indians did amazing things. And the Muslims did amazing things as well. Why is it so difficult? Oh, no, no. Muslims cannot do amazing things, brother. You have to understand. Only certain ethnicities of people. So only Indians can do very good stuff. And yeah. only white people can do very good stuff. 
which is why the white people eventually came to India and they ruled. Yeah. So these are the two things you have to understand. Yeah. yeah. Arabs must can never do anything good. Yeah. It's just that you have to believe that. Otherwise, there's something wrong with you. I mean, this is a ridiculous position that's yeah. being argued for. Yeah. But uh, we have a common humanity, guys. Come on, let's let's not be racist. This is what it is, and and, and you know, um, the the whole point of trying to do this is to. And, you know, you have, um, is it David Starkey, the historian who writes, uh, the English historian? I think his surname is Starkey anyway. And it's this Eurocentric view, you know. And he, I remember on one of the talk shows or one of the um, open panel discussions, he said, nothing's come out of the Islamic world for over 250 years. And these are people are like backward and they're this and they're that and they're this and they're that. And I thought to myself, would you ever talk about the Greeks in that way? Would you ever say nothing's come out of Greece for over like 1,000, 2,000 years or whatever? Aristotle, Plato, yeah, he did some good things, but no, of course we don't because we celebrate whatever good came out and we value that and we celebrate that and we acknowledge that and we should. But you want to wash away a 1,000 years of contribution and in fact, you know, we have Western, many Western historians and scientists who have said that Europe would not have had the Renaissance if it wasn't for the uh, the Muslims and the great works. We wouldn't have had the works of Aristotle and Plato. The oldest works of Aristotle and Plato are in Arabic. It's because they translated them. It's because they preserved them. And had they not done so, we, we, we wouldn't have known about the works of Aristotle and Plato. They would have been lost in history. Um, so it's just it's a shame, really. Um, there's a so there's a comment I wanted to highlight, if that's okay, which is that racism is that what we were talking about after the white Western comments earlier. Or which is that? So there's a distinction between the comments earlier, which are reflecting the current situation, the current North American white Anglo-Saxon view that the Palestinians deserve to die. It's the global south that took the case to the ICJ. It was not the European powers. Right? So, I mean, we, we have to describe reality as it is. No one is going to describe the UK as a primarily minority uh, ethnic group. No one's going to say that they are European white. It's what it is. We're not saying because they are white, they do this. We're saying that's the perception that they have of themselves. And because they see themselves as superior to us, they feel as if that they can be, what's the word, uh, pejorative towards us, they, uh, condescending towards us, especially ethically and morally. And we fundamentally disagree with that. So you've missed a point, Robert. Uh, not that it's the first time tonight, but I think it's very exemplary of people who can't take criticism. What I find quite distasteful is that being born in England European until perhaps the, uh, you know, the um, the split, the Brexit, now British. Our allegiance is always challenged and questioned whenever we make a criticism of history or things that we're doing today, for example. It, it's immediate, like as if, like, you know, you must hate us. You must hate white people. You must hate Westerners. We live here. This is our home. You know, some of us are wealthy enough. If we wanted to, we could have gone and lived in a different country. 
but we cho we've chosen to live here. We've chosen to stay here, right? It's not about allegiance. It's not about whether we value people or think good of people. I think most British people, for example, because I live here, are, are decent people, decent in a sense that they believe in justice and fairness. They believe in queuing up. You go to Europe, many countries don't even queue up. We, we have a great tradition here of queuing up. It's it's. I think it's it's amazing. I think it's a beautiful thing that you are you show justice and fairness just because you're a big bloke or you're you know you're a big woman and there's some old people in front of you. You just go to the front of the queue. We don't do that in England. We actually queue up here. Even if there's no queue, we just start queuing. Yeah, we? we love queuing, right? So it's not about that, not recognizing. That really confused me when I came to London. I just accidentally kept standing in lines all the time. <laughs> it made it impossible to do anything. Yeah. So, and you know, what my point is that uh, why is it that our allegiance, our loyalty, suddenly, suddenly immediately comes under question? But if I was a white person, you see, and you could not differentiate me from another European or another English person, I could be as critical as I want to be. I could be as harsh as I want to be. And guess what? You just have to take it or you'd have to come up with a counter discussion or a counter argument. But you would never ask the question, where are your ethnic roots from? Five generations ago, did you come from Belgium? Did you come from Holland? Did you come from Iceland? Uh, you know, why don't you go and live in Iceland? Why don't you go and live in Holland? Nobody's going to question you. You know why? Because when you're when you're white, basically, you have the passport to say whatever you like, the freedom to say whatever you like. But if you're a person of color, God forbid you criticize uh, the Europeans or you criticize America, then suddenly you're disloyal. Suddenly you're a hater. Suddenly you're you're somehow your your allegiance and your 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 love for people or your fairness for people or your it becomes a racial thing like you just hate white people you just hate the west it's interesting isn't it how people change uh, the discussion in this way um, but there's a there's a funny thing because europeans tend to have uh, flags like they're very prideful uh, my my parents come from the french or the irish or the scottish and they'll have those flags in their offices to show their european heritage Right, so having the flag of a foreign nation is fine in that case, but any Muslim that waves the flag of Palestine automatically they're disloyal to the UK or yeah. disloyal to the United yeah. States. It's it's so what's the word here? Unfair, I would say. Well, it's it's unfair, but it's a clever psychological tactic, you see, because when you when you do that to a people, when you call them hate marchers, as Breverman did who has relatives fighting in the IDF. So we could take that. Husband, I think family, husband's husband, family. family. Well, her family, extended family, through her husband, fighting and killing Palestinian people. Then obviously we're all hate marchers if we go and march for Palestine. When you when you do things like that, or you have morons like um, uh, Douglas Murray, for example, calling them Hamas supporters. and that's, that's a kind word for Douglas. Yeah, well, gutless. Uh, you know, he's a coward. I mean, whenever he, he's, he was questioned, would you debate Norman Finkelstein? Suddenly, I just saw his colour drop from his face, and he ran with his tail between his legs. I would never debate him because he's. You know, he started making all ad hominem attacks against Finkelstein. I think he missed out the point that 
Finkelstein would probably wipe the floor with him and he, that would probably be the end of his career. He missed that out very... Uh, and when Brahman Muhammad Hijab has offered him several times to have a debate, uh, um, he's run with the tail between his legs, calling Hijab all sorts of names. But he, he's a coward, literally a coward, a keyboard warrior, a person who who's very comfortable embedded with the Israeli army, pretending like as if he's all threatened when he's on video, when in fact he's probably miles away from any danger whatsoever. Uh, you, you know what? Uh, funny here, Brother Abbas, I don't mean to interrupt you, but there, there's a peer of uh, internet, uh, what's the word I want to use here, non-celebrities, because they're widely ridiculed, who recently flew to Israel Right mm. in the safety and comfort to walk around the streets as if nothing is happening to show mm. that Muslims are violent. That the Pal the Palestinians are so violent in their war with Israel that mm. these two hate mongers, mm. prominent hate mongers and mockers of the mm. Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they missed the point that they flew to Israel where mm. Palestinian Arab Muslims are present and they're walking there safely. Not a single attack, not a single spit, not a single stone. But they have to give the impression that Muslims are all consumed by evil. They've actually proved the opposite. By How can Israel be so threatened and you have such safety and happiness and comfort that in the middle of a war you can take a luxury flight and walk the streets of Jerusalem, you know, having your chai in the evening? You've, you've disproven the point you want to prove in the first place. Yeah. It's really ridiculous. And, you know, I, think, I think in the future when people look back at history, they will look at these people who supported the genocide and the ethnic cleansing. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, for most sensible people, those people who commit genocide and the ones who facilitate it, support it and excuse it are all the same. The, the, and this really re reminds me of the beautiful saying that our sister uh, from the South, South, South Africa um, she quoted a hadith and it really uh, was a beautiful hadith that she quoted and I'm just going to put it up on the screen now and it, this is this is the sort of beauty the wonderful fragrant teachings in our religion anyone who walks with a wrongdoer in order to strengthen him knowing all the while that he is a wrongdoer has departed from Islam departed from belief now for us Muslims Departing from Islam means that you're outside of the fold of Islam. It's a very serious thing, very serious thing. And I just wonder what morals and what standards you live by when you support the ethnic cleansing and the genocide of a people, when you excuse it, when you make excuses for it. I just I just wonder what, what moral standards you operate on, basically. Uh, Christ, uh, guys, uh, Christ, uh, um, Sulija. Soldier. A soldier, sorry, soldier, sorry, soldier. And Max, okay. uh, you need to put your cameras on, guys, um, so we can verify you. Justin, I'm going to remove you from backstage because you're not putting your camera on. Uh, can you just give me a thumbs up, uh, Christ uh, soldier? Is that okay? Just give me a thumbs up. Christ soldier, just give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Just give me a wave. We can only see your eyebrows at this point. Your, you, we can only see the top of your face. I just need you to w give me a quick wave, if that's okay. Thank you very much. You can leave your camera on or you can turn it off, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, we're going to get you on the, the stream now. Uh, so, uh, Christ uh, Soldier, 
how are you doing? Can you hear uh, us? Am I, in, am I in right now? You are, indeed. Uh, I'll, well, I'll, I'm driving to a spot, and then I'll put my camera back on. Okay, no problem. Can, uh, would you like us to wait for you, or, uh, or, or can you talk now? I, okay, I can talk, yeah. Okay, so what was on your mind? Where are you tuning in from? I'm just interested. From Townsville, Australia. Australia. Well, nice to nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on the stream. You're welcome. Um, what uh, would you like you. to discuss with us today? Um, well, there's nothing that I disagree with you guys with um, recent topics you've been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought I just wanted to hop on and I guess try my try my best to defend Christianity. If there was anything, sure. So, are you? Are you a? Would you say you're a practicing Christian? Yeah. And um, what denomination of of Christendom are you? Um, Protestant. You're a Protestant. If I okay. get more specific. Um, okay. Yeah. Not not hundred percent sure what. And Closer to um evangelical i think sure and was there anything specific on your mind that you wanted to discuss or talk about or would you like us to just ask you maybe questions we can have a nice discussion or whatever well there are um issues that i face with um islam that i can see with islam sure well why don't we, um, why don't we start with that why don't you give us what issues you have yeah it's one uh, it's more just questions as well but um I don't get how Muhammad is the most loved. For example, if God, so in Christianity, God is has un unconditional love, and um, from, from what I see with the God of the Quran, it's conditional. Mm -hmm. And like, so is that true or? Like, so, uh, it, it, well, yes, it is true. Of course, it's true because does God yeah. like the, does does God like the evildoers, the murderers, the killers, the mass murderers? Does he love them? Well, his love is what's it called? It's unconditional. So his grace, his mercy towards the, I guess, sinners, unbelievers. Mm. That God giving them the opportunity, we would consider that his love showing, if that makes sense. But we don't say that he loves someone more than someone else, yeah, which I find say, pretty weird. Would you say, for example, that God loves Hitler? Well, that's why... Um, well, that's what, that's what I was saying. Hitler was given the opportunity to turn from his sin. And that's, you know, that's God showing his love. But isn't that conditional? I don't think that's no. That's not conditional, is it? No. What's the so condition? If, so, the, he, am, I, am I going to am I going to heaven then? Well, that's see. That's another example as well. I'm not comparing you to Hitler, but you have the opportunity right now. You're alive. No, no. But you uh, said it was unconditional, uh, Christ. So you're you because yeah, you're God's, making you're making a contradictory statement because uh, you're saying on one hand it's unconditional. So there's no condition required for me to have the love of God, right? I can go to heaven when, 
because God sends obviously those he loves to heaven, right? Well, it depends what you mean by love, I guess. But no, I mean you, you said it was unconditional. Whatever that, whatever yeah, it, it is. is that love. Well, you, well, you're, you're um, saying that going to heaven, like salvation, or is um, that, that's up to the person itself, isn't it? It's no, not you God's. If it's unconditional, then there's no conditions. Yeah, to God's love, not to who can enter heaven, who can who has salvation. So would God send That's someone he loves? So God would not give salvation to someone that he loves? Well, it's up to the person. That's what I'm saying. No, but then, then it's conditional, right? That's like that's that's an atheist, um, atheist no, it's not a, argument. No, it's not, not an atheist argument because what you've said is that God's love is unconditional. Yeah, and it says in Bible, uh, Bible that the word that they use for love is agape. Yeah, but you said it's unconditional, right? There's no conditions on the love of God, right? Um, yeah, there's, there's no conditions to God's love, yeah. Okay, so why is God going to send me to hell then? From your own choice. No, but, that, that, but you're making my choice the condition. Uh, you're making the salvation um, equals to God's love. Okay, uh, so God's love is not his salvation, right? For the argument, no. No, no, I don't want to for argument. I want you to give me your position, Christ. No, nah, they're, they're two different things. Yeah, well, salvation is salvation. God's love is giving the opportunity so the for salvation people to is conditional. To so just to clarify, yeah. the love is unconditional, but the salvation is conditional, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay. And um, yeah, that's sort of what. Uh, so what what does so I'm gonna say I'm just following up. So if the salvation is conditional, then what's the condition? Well, it's free choice. Like free choice is conditions. Condition what, on, what, on the what person. Is the it's a, what, is it's the a, what is the condition? I'm asking you. Oh, so the requirements. So condition means there's requirements. So what is the requirements or? Yeah, the condition. You said God's love is unconditional. He loves everyone, even the ones he's sending yeah. to him. He loves them, yeah? Hitler, he loves him. Well, then, well, yeah, everyone, he loves everyone, yeah. right? The pedophiles, he loves the pedophiles. He loves the people who are killing innocent people. Genociders, he loves genociders. See, see that's the thing. It doesn't make sense. Um, it, it that's that's what unconditional love is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. because God's love is not like ours, but what I'm saying is God's love is shown to those, um, to sinners through How? the opportunity they have, through the opportunity they have throughout, uh, during their lifetime to turn to, to, to turn to Christ. So then why didn't God send uh, messengers to people who are not Jews? Um, well, right now there's, there's, the Gentiles, or if that's what you're alluding to, everyone has the. I'm not, I'm not talking uh, about right access now. to the gospel. But I'm not talking. You said God's love was unconditional, right? And the yeah, salvation is exactly. choice. Yeah. Yeah. But then there were people. Yeah, that were, there were people that weren't given 
the message. They weren't given any messengers because only the Jews receive revelation, right? You, that's well, that's all about that. Well, the Jews were given revelation. Uh, so did the Africans Christ, get yeah. revelation? Did the Africans get revelation? Before Christ, no. So then, but did, God, mean not, that they did, did God not love them, or did not God, God give them the choice? Well, there, there was um, so how they believed, how they how they earned salvation. I guess in those times, Jewish had a different stand. The Jewish people had a different standard to the um, Christ, the rest of the world to the Gentiles. Your question missing my question. Their standard. About, yeah. yeah, but you're missing my question, Christ, because I'm talking about, you said God's love is unconditional and the, the yes. salvation is a choice that you can make, right? It's the opportunity, like salvation. Yeah, it's, an, it's an opportunity you yeah, have, right? I agree. Okay, yeah, so I agree. why didn't God give the opportunity to the, to the aboriginals before Christ? Well, why didn't like how like who can say that God did it? Because what I said just before, the the difference was with the Jewish people, who you're saying that they're the only ones that got the opportunity, or uh, that they uh, the, the Jewish people were the only ones um, who God revealed Himself to. Is what happens there is that the Jewish people have a different standard of salvation. Why? It's actually hard. It was actually part right. of them because they have to uphold. Christ, Christ because they were God's, because they were God's chosen people. But I thought you said God's love was unconditional. He wanted to give everyone the choice, right? Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, the Jewish people. I'm saying they're different standards of salvation. But if I'm you treat people differently, if you treat people differently, that's if you do treat people differently, that's a problem, isn't it? You understand that, right? You can't oh, claim to love that. everyone equally. I see. Yeah. So you're saying treating people differently. I agree with that. And that's not a bad thing, for example. Yeah, if you have an eldest son, the eldest son has more responsibilities than the rest of the, you know, your, your children. Do you yeah, agree with that? Uh, no, I, I, because what you're using is you're using an example of responsibility. I'm talking about... Our responsibility... One second, let me explain to you because I'm, I'm explaining to you why sure. I disagree with you. So you're not going to neglect your children, a child. Of, say if you have five children, you're not going to neglect one of them, right? No, um, correct. Okay, so, so this is neglect. Uh, no, no, there's, there's, a favorite race. there's a favorite race. Yep. God, this is my favorite race. These are my chosen loved ones. Oh, I want to hug them. I want to give them revelation. I'm gonna. They're uh, the ones I'm gonna guide. Uh, the I other ones, well, not so much. Um, you, I wouldn't. You, I wouldn't use the words of the tone. The tone you put it. It's a misrepresentation. The tone you put it there is misrepresenting it. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, I understand. I am. I'm saying something that's not comfortable, and maybe I'm trying to sort of. You know, lay it's not the, even uncomfortable. It's, it's, um, but I understand what you're trying to say. That Christ, are you comfortable with the fact that God didn't give anyone else revelation apart from the Jews? 
So if we're going to talk about certain people groups, that's another issue I have as well with Islam. But this, of but how this much is they the love whole, the Arab culture. One second, but that's a different. That's but, a, you're, yeah, you're but, another, yeah. but Christ, you're, you're changing the topic, because first, first you no, have I'm not to, telling you. yeah, yeah, because first you really have to understand that what the things you're, you're first you said God is God loves everyone unconditionally, and then the same, and you said that salvation is a choice, and then I gave you a group of people who were not given the opportunity to choose. In fact, they weren't even given. Oh, and, and I would say that's neglect, and neglect is a sign of. The opposite of love. No, but they were neglected. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. They were neglected. They didn't get revelation. For example, um, if you have that five children you're talking about, yeah, the eldest, you give them the responsibility, and that's. I think that's the yeah, key word you there. Would, you wouldn't neglect the eldest. You're training them up. Yeah, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't ignore the eldest one and not give him food and water to help him survive, right? You wouldn't not teach the eldest how to cross the road so yeah, they don't get run over, right? I wouldn't do that to any child. Yeah. yeah. So then why did God do that to his other children? He's, the non-Jewish okay, children. Okay, that's... Um, so, how do I explain this? Um, it's pretty simple concept. I, I think it's just... I mean, you're trying to push the that favorite or fairy child, but... Basically, no. with the five children example, we'll just, I'll just stick to that, make it simple for myself as well. But for example, you're, would you, you have your eldest son and you want to hand over, I guess, your business, your the family business to the eldest son. You train them differently, you take them aside. And then when the eldest son is ready, trains up or equips the rest of his siblings. So what was God's family sense? business? No, it doesn't make sense. What was God's family business in this scenario? Well, I just used that example. Yeah, because you're you're talking about you're talking about passing on skills, and this is the problem. We're talking about God showing unconditional love to his people, all of the people that he created by giving them guidance on how to live in the world and how to achieve salvation. You said choosing to follow that guidance and um, choosing that salvation is a choice. But the problem is, is that in the very concept that you have of God, God ignores every single group of people apart from one. He neglects not one child out of the five, but four children out of the five. Neglects them. So I think, so I think the Doesn't question is, I think the question is, do you, do you think um, that the gen, uh, that, so people groups outside of, um, children of Israel, did they have salvation before Jesus arrived? Because I believe they, they they had. So I I the reason I believe that God gave to every single people a messenger to guide them to the truth, yeah, which is to lead them to salvation, which is actual love, yeah. Because yeah. the Quran says that we sent to every single nation a messenger. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, explained that there are 124,000 prophets. So we believe that every single group of people, the Aboriginals, the Africans, the Inuit, every group of people, this is revelation from God. Yeah. That is the definition of love. That is the definition of a choice in salvation. The fact that you restrict, as a Christian, I'm, I'm not saying this to you personally as a like, I'm having a go at you, but I'm talking about the concept. The fact that as a sure, Christian, yeah. 
you, you believe that God had a favorite, a favorite group who only received the revelation and ignored everyone else, uh, or they had to learn from him because that was the family business. So whatever that means, I mean, I don't even know what that means. The problem well, is uh, you, it's that not concept, about favorite. It's, it's just favorite. what it is. Chosen. What does chosen mean? Yeah, cho chosen. Well, someone. So you have children. Someone is the eldest. If you have five children. No, no. The eldest is not. We're talking about chosen. Chosen. No, that's the example. And um, it just happens that the Jewish people, if you want to say chosen, they're that chosen people. You, you don't believe. They're you not believe chosen. It? You don't believe they're right, chosen? Right now, they're not. Right now, they're not, though. Yeah, but I'm talking about pre-Christs, Aboriginals. Did God guide them? In, in the way they he guided the Jewish people, no. But in as far as the opportunity of salvation, it's the same. How, how, how are they given the opportunity of salvation before Christ? Us, in, in Aboriginals? So, Explain I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That's when my knowledge stops. But um, I'll tell you why, Christ. Because actually, that's not that's not the, the Christian belief. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They I'm not, I won't lie. Yeah. That's when. Yeah. That's because the only know. people that receive, and even Jesus, it says according to the biblical narrative, the salva salvation is from the Jews. Salvation is from the Jews. And now. That is neglect of every single group of people apart from the Jewish people by the God that you said was unconditionally loving. Now, for me, that's a problem. As a, as a concept of a creator, a creator that would ignore and neglect some of his children, some of his creation, and choose only a specific group of people, I think that's a problem. I don't believe God is like this. Yeah, I just... Uh, we don't see it in that way, though. Like we don't see see the Jewish people as the chosen people as God's favorite people. I think, Chris, you're missing the point. Uh, Christ, sorry, you're missing the point. The doctor is explaining to you um, that unconditional love means that you treat everybody um, with that same unconditional love that you've explained um, that God has for everybody. But here you have a people, according to the Bible and according to Christians, who are selected above all other people. They're given a moral code, a legal system. They're given a way to connect with the Creator. And according to your beliefs, the Aborigines, the, um, um, the uh, um, indigenous populations of Africa or America, they would not be chosen. They would not be given that ability to connect with the Creator in the same way that the Jews would be. That, that seems inherently unjust and actually, I would say, not equal to the love shown to the jews i mean i'm, I'm wondering why this concept is difficult for you to grasp and also this what it is christ we've got to be very careful i can explain why it's difficult to grasp I'll, I'll give you an opportunity the reason why these sort of concepts um christ are um, um from my uh, perspective 
there's a there's a certain thing that Christians tell us and there is a certain thing that we actually see even within the Bible itself so for example we're told that Noah only had a handful of people on the boat the ship that he was told to make what, ha what happened to everybody else while they were given that opportunity what happened to everybody else what happened to everybody well, else that didn't get on the boat that did not follow the teachings of noah what happened to them noah represents a sort of noah represents the body of church right now what so happened, whoever heard what happened to them christ what happened to the people that did not follow the teachings of noah and what? refused to get on the boat yeah okay so he refused the teachings of noah they were damned for that and they were damned and they were all killed correct people who refused to um uh, the message brought from noah and they were there's all... a second group of people and they we were didn't hear his message. And according to the Bible, the entire world was flooded and everything perished. Everything was killed and wiped off, correct? The entire world? The entire world. According to the biblical narrative, the entire world was flooded and every creature was killed, drowned. Every creature, uh, yeah, like what. I'd have to look at the verse if it says entire world, but if yeah. it, if it if it did say the entire world, it's like world is a what's it called? It's a um uh, loose. It's a um, sorry, English my, my second language. That's okay. Um, Time. World is a not a gener generic word. It's a loosely used word. It could mean the people of that of that area that area. Okay, so did God love those people unconditionally in the same way that he loved Noah and loved the followers of Noah? Is that what you're arguing? Are you still there, Christ? Uh, we can't hear you. I think your sound's dropped for some reason, possibly. Maybe, maybe try and... Oh, we have to... No, so if I go on a different, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Oh, so if I went to a different town, I'll try to open up the Bible. It's okay. Um, so so yes, my I'll question to you, Ijaz, you're muted, Ijaz, you're muted. So my question to you... Just quickly, just quickly, yeah. Abbas, if he's on his phone, he can't switch the tab to okay. go to where he wants to. So, okay. Christ Soldier, if you want, tell us the verse you want to go to and the translation. Gonna, we'll happily put it up. Was, we don't mind. I was just looking at the um the the Noah story, Genesis. but there's no there's yeah. no issue. Um, so what basically the answer was that I was saying while I was muted is that the the people in Noah's day is no different to the unbelievers of this day. There's there's no. It sounds bad when you say everyone was killed in a flood, but there's there's no difference to the unbelievers of this day they'll be damned as well yes, according so, to you know to so christ according belief. to your own testimony and according to what the biblical record is of how god dealt with those people this concept of unconditional love simply doesn't make sense 
And in Islam, we have a much more coherent understanding. Allah says he does not love the wrongdoers. If you go out and do rape, you kill children, you murder, you do evil things, you do bad things, God does, not, God does not love those people because of what they're doing, because their acts are evil, their acts are, are heinous, they're, they're wrong in the sight of God. So we have, a, I think, a more logically coherent view um, of, of this. And I think that the Christian view, though we are told God is love, God loves everyone unconditionally, I, I don't think that that actually makes sense. Uh, so Ijaz, you've put on the uh, verse that we're talking about. Is that correct? I've just put it up That's for... That's Dr. Uh, Imran. But I'm happy to take credit. I'm happy to take credit. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that makes it easier for me. Oh, really? God saw how corrupt. This is um, Genesis six verse twelve onwards. What translation? What translation? Now, this is, I think, this is the uh, NIV. Ah, uh, do you have a translation that you prefer, Christ or can I choose the translation? No, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Can we do the NET, please? Just NET. Just... Oh, you prefer the NET? I remember. Okay, NET. Mm, let's just... NET. Why do you prefer the NET, Jazz? Let's let the because of all the translation notes that they have. Because okay. sometimes the words can be so confusing. It's okay. Rather than telling you what they must mean, tells okay. you what it can mean. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So I'll read the very same verses. So verse twelve: God saw the earth, and indeed it was ruined, for all living creatures on the earth were sinful. So God said to Noah, "I have decided that all living creatures must die." For the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am about to destroy them and the earth. Hold up. All living creatures? Wouldn't that mean animals as, yeah. as well? So, yeah. No, it's six, right? Yeah. Right. So, oh. <laughs> oh, so, man. What did the... Hold on. Were the animals sinful? What verse are we looking at again? Can someone remind me? I'm, I'm about to go <laughs> fishing as well. So animals don't really, really mean much. Sorry. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Well, all living creatures on the earth were sinful. I got questions here about unconditional love and the animals being sinful. Now that that gets me. Well, babies, I, unconditional babies love, are, um, babies. Yeah. How would the babies sinful? What were the babies in no time doing? All of those people that didn't get revelation. What did they do? Well, it, it, it it doesn't say salvation. The issue of salvation, they said they, they all must, they all die. It, it says they were sinful. All the creatures on the earth were sinful. It says that. Verse 12. Yeah, yeah, it says that. But... So, yeah. so, Christ, so, what we're trying to explain to you is that I know there's a narrative that you might hear from the church or you might hear from. Um, um, you know, uh, people who are um, preaching or what have you. Uh, look, we don't want to put you on the spot. This is not about pressurizing you or, um, you know, belittling you or making fun of you. What we would like you to do is perhaps watch the stream afterwards, look at the quotes that we've put up, and by all means, go away, look at these things, study them, and then, you know, come back to us. But from our perspective as Muslims, you see, um, and if you even look at the teachings of Jesus, peace be upon him, what does he call the people who are disbelievers he calls them vipers he calls them uh you know people who are misguided 
what does he do to the money lenders? He turns over their tables. Um, you know, when people ask him for a miracle, what does he say? He says the an ad adulterous and what does he say? Nation asks for miracle. No sign shall be given. Except an adulterous. Wicked and adulterous nation. Wicked, wicked and adulterous. So what we do see is that even Christ, Jesus, in the Bible, he does not like the disbelievers. He does not like the people who are opponents to God Almighty. He does not like the people who rejected him despite knowing him and seeing his miracles. Um, and so I think that, you know, there's one thing that you learn from the church, but there's another thing actually in practical terms, what you actually see. And I don't think that you can actually marry these things up, uh, Christ. Uh, and, th and this is why what we would like you to do is perhaps look at the Quran, uh, read the Quran. Uh, it, there's a whole chapter in the Quran, chapter 19, about Mary and the birth of Jesus. Uh, we believe in Jesus. Uh, we believe that he's one of the mightiest messengers of God. We believe that he is a righteous, one of the righteous, you know, most beloved to God Almighty. We believe that God saved him from humiliation. We don't believe he was stripped naked and hung on the cross. We believe that God saved him. This is our concept of Jesus. And we also believe that he'll come back again to defeat the Antichrist. But we don't worship Jesus or Muhammad, peace be upon them. The Quran says the similitude, the comparison of Jesus is that of Adam. We created Adam from neither mother or father as well. So basically, Jesus is a miracle, but Adam, peace be upon them, Adam was a miracle as well because God created Adam from without mother or father. So yeah, just, Adam was made from the from dirt as well. Sorry? Adam was made from the dirt. Yeah, Adam was made so from Jesus the dirt. Jesus had a, um, a, I guess, in his uh, bodily form, a mother. Yes, but Jesus was born of a mother. Adam had neither mother or father. Well, Jesus had to be born from the mother to fulfill the messianic uh, prophecies. Well, the, the, the point that we're making to you is Adam had neither mother or father, and clearly that would be a miracle. Jesus didn't have a father, and that would be a miracle, but that does not make him God. It doesn't make Adam God, peace be upon them. Well, yeah, um, I, I know that logic there with the no mother, no father, but um, obviously, like with Adam, yeah, you have to start somewhere, sorry. But um, with Jesus, it fulfills him being born from Mary, uh, from, uh, Mary fulfills messianic prophecies. No, it doesn't fulfill Isaiah 7, 14, to be born from a woman. Yeah. Well, what does it say there? It says Alma, a young woman. And uh, what, what, what are you trying to say? Yeah, but trying to say that we don't believe that there's a prophecy that's been fulfilled there. Well, it's not just being born of a mother. Like Mary has the um, the Jewish line. Well, not according like to those, those sort of things. Chris, we're struggling with your sound. We'll welcome you back again. Just go and watch the stream again, and then by all means, um, do come back again because it was nice to speak to you. 
Um, and thank you for having good manners. And I hope you do catch lots of fish, but make sure you do grill them and eat them because um, uh, we, we, in Islam, we're not allowed to just catch fish for sport. We have what's, to your, what's, your, what's your thoughts? Oh, I'm an um, ethnically an islander. But what's your thoughts on uh, catching undersized fish? Can you say that again? Sorry. What's your thoughts on keeping, uh, on keeping undersized fish? Uh, so basically in Islam, you're allowed to catch fish or hunt for food. You're not permitted to um, catch things for sport. Uh, however, if you're doing it for conservation reasons, so for example, you know, you, you, you're wanting to catch a fish that you're able to eat, but if something is very, very small that you're not clearly going to be able to eat and it, and it would be better to let it live, that's, that's, that's different. That's not the same thing. But your intention should not be that you're catching fish just for sport, just for fun. We, uh, we're allowed to catch food for, 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 for food uh, to be consumed, but we're not allowed to hunt for sport. We're not allowed to hunt uh, or fish just for, for fun, basically. If it's a good-sized fish and it's edible, then, it's, then you should eat it or give it to somebody to eat. That, that's better. But, Chris, it was lovely to speak to you. Christ, Beautiful. Lovely Sound to speak to Fisherman. Thanks for having me on. Do do um, uh, subscribe and hit the notification bell. And then when we have the next stream, it'd be lovely to follow up the conversation with you. For sure. Thanks for that. All right, mate. Bye-bye then. Take it easy. See ya. Bye. Uh, Max, we're going to get you on next. If you can just quickly put your camera on and we can just uh, interact with you. Because I think I spoke to you possibly on Dawawise, I believe. And I think you are going to come onto this stream and continue your conversation. Uh, Max, if you just want to put your camera on and we can just interact with you quickly. And then I think he was verified already or via he was chat. verified already. Max okay. is verified. Yeah. All right, Max, let me get you on next. Max, welcome to the stream. Hi, everyone. How are you? How are you doing, Max? I think, Max, we spoke on Dawa-wise. Is that correct? Yep, yep that's, correct. that's correct. And you had some conversations for Islam and um, Brother Mansoor recommended that you come to EF Dawa. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, lovely. So welcome to the stream. I believe you're in India. Is that right, Max? Yeah, that's correct. Lovely. So what was the question that you had for us about Islam? I mean, it's not for Islam, but for the concept of, concept of God. I don't believe mm -hmm. in Jesus. I don't believe in Allah. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe there's, there's a God. And the reason behind it, it is that if there was a God then there would be no earthquakes and people mm -hmm. wouldn't die in earthquakes. This is my, like, this is my biggest argument against God. There are other arguments, but this is my biggest one. Okay. So would it be fair, Max, to say that you're talking about the problem of evil? Is that is that correct? Would that be right? Not, not evil because earthquake is a natural calamity. There is no hidden bad in intentions by anyone. So evil can be done by humans so i can have an evil intentions against you i can murder you i can steal stuff right mm. that i can call evil but a natural calamity calamity like earthquake and tsunami is a proof that earth uh, the planet earth is a faulty product by created by a creator so basically so, what you're yeah. saying is you want to narrow it down to natural what we would assume to be natural disasters yeah. earthquakes hurricanes floods yep. tornadoes uh, tsunamis these type of things yep. is that correct yep. Yep. yep okay so let me ask you a question uh max 
if we didn't have earthquakes, tsunamis, uh, tornadoes, and all of these things, would you then believe in God? I would have a higher chance of believing in God because then it boils down to just our actions. Like if we do good and if we do bad, then we'll get punished. Like if we do good, good things will happen. But but then I'll start doubting hell and heaven. Like because mm. hell and heaven, there's no proof of hell and heaven. But But I would be closer to God if there is one. If I see a perfect product, let's say earth is not perfect. It's okay. God can create an imperfect product. But but now that he knows people are dying in earthquakes, why can't he fix it? You're getting my point. Like he, he, did, he, couldn't, he couldn't create a perfect uh, earth, but now he knows, right? So fix it. But if he's not fixing it, then I don't, I, th- then I refuse to believe that there's a God because God is not doing his job correctly. Okay, so basically your concept is that because there are these natural disasters, you don't believe in a God. But even if the natural disasters didn't occur, you would be closer to God. But because you can't prove hell or heaven, you would still therefore doubt and end up back into the same quagmire, i.e. of not accepting God because you can't prove hell or heaven, right? Yeah, that's correct. Right. So I think what's important here before we even get to natural disasters or what would be seen what would be deemed as natural disasters i think fundamentally um we should establish whether there are good reasons to believe in god in the first place mm-hmm. because if there aren't good reasons to believe in a god then these the, the, the question of natural disasters is irrelevant to the discussion yes. correct I mean, okay, uh, go ahead. I don't agree with it, but okay. No, yeah, so um, what, I'm try- what I'm trying to say to you is if in the very first place there are no good reasons to believe in a creator to start with, yeah. then the natural disasters being there or not be- being there are become irrelevant. This is what I'm trying to say to you. Ask that again. I, di- I didn't get your concept. Ask that again. Okay, what I'm saying is that if... There are no good reasons to believe in a creator in yeah. the first place. Yeah. Then the question of. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I get your point. So you let's say, yeah, yeah. Now, so uh, let's say the good reasons uh, of proof of God is like there is a planet and there is life, and uh, these these are like good reasons to believe that there might be a God. Right. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. This is that. But you're strawmanning my position because I'm not saying I'm not arguing that. Though. Okay. So, so complete your point. Complete. Your okay. Point. So, what I what I wanted to ask you was, do you believe that you exist? Yeah, I do believe I exist. And do you believe that the universe exists? Yeah, I do that. I do believe that. Do you believe that the universe is contingent, reliant on certain things? It could have been assembled in a different way to how it is assembled. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you accept that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you therefore accept that it it then requires a explanation of how it came about in this way? We need an explanation, but um, we, yeah, okay, yeah, we need an explanation. Yeah, we okay. require. Yeah. If that explanation is a material, non-conscious uh-huh. explanation, mm-hmm. and it's also something that could be arranged in a different way could or could not exist does it require an explanation as well yeah for sure 
Can you have an infinite series of material explanations? I don't. I don't understand this question. If there were an infinite series of material steps to get to this step today, i.e., me and you speaking, yeah, 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 okay, okay would we it. ever speak? Ah, oh, that's that's a very complicated question, but. If there were infinite steps for us to reach here, would we ever speak? Yeah, yeah, we would, we would speak. Yeah, for sure. Can you ever traverse an infinite number of steps? I am not sure if there can be any infinite number of steps. Steps, but I could be wrong. There might be infinite number. No, of steps. whether you believe in something existing or not is irrelevant if there were an infinite series of steps to get to this step yeah uh, by definition the word infinite means an uncounted right. i get it i get it yeah, yeah. so we, we can talk yeah we can and, talk you say yeah 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 if, okay. if there if there are infinite steps we might stumble upon one instance where actually this is true and we are talking to each other so in an infinite number of cases us talking can be true in one instance okay or maybe so, ba more. so basically what you're saying then let me let me understand your position uh -huh. you're saying that for us to be speaking at this point that we are speaking at yeah if there were an uncountable number of steps to get uh -huh. to this point mm -hmm. you're saying that we would be able to count those yep. steps we can't count those steps. We can't count those steps because they are infinite. Yes. So we can't count. Yeah. But any one of that instance from the infinite numbers number of steps, yeah, we we could be talking to each other. But I don't get your point with this. Yeah. So the point the the so if we can't count yeah. a number to get to this number, you can never uh -huh. get to this number. Okay. That's that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. We can't. Yeah. We can't reach. Yeah. Okay. So what that then necessitates is it necessitates a necessary existence that has to have always existed without having a cause of its own existence. All right, I get your point. So uh, my position on the origin of universe and everything is that we don't know how, how all of this happened and science does not have the technology to figure out when and how was the origin of this universe so my position is if you ask me how we came about how universe came about how, how life came about we don't know i don't know but it doesn't give you the right to say you know what if you don't know i i know who did this santa claus did it if you say santa claus did it then you have to prove with evidence and if you can prove with evidence then i can actually value your uh, claim but but if my child asks if my child asks that you know dad how how does a car engine works and i don't know so i won't say uh, i won't say that you know god makes it run i would say you know son i don't know how it works let's figure it out and if i can't figure it out i'll say son i don't know that but i wouldn't lie to him saying that god did it and if i do that he'll ask what is the proof and it's my responsibility to give him the proof and not to lie so what i'm saying is based on your logic I don't know how earth came about. Was it infinite or not? I don't know. If someone created or not, I don't know. I'm just saying this answer has been, ha, cannot be, uh, this question cannot be answered right now. 
But Matt, if you say yes, that, if, if, if you, I'll let if you come you in, say, Jonathan. Yes, if you say, yes, if you say there's a God, yeah, okay. I'm just, I'm just gonna, Max. Yes, the when question. You, when, your child, when your child asks you that the, the car engine, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell your child, I don't know, it could have just come by itself? Or are you going to say somebody made it? I would say somebody made it because I know somebody made it. I know that. And did you see the person make the car oh. engine? Um, I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can go to the factory. No, but did you, him. did you see the parents? I didn't, I didn't. No, you didn't. But you, uh, but you use deduction, you yeah. use induction or deduction. You use a reasoned approach. Yeah. That because this is something complex, this is made of different materials because it has been assembled in a certain way. Yeah. You immediately deduce Okay. That this car engine could not have simply popped into existence from nothing. All right. All right. Correct? Yep. Correct? Yep, yep. Would you say that this universe is more complex than a car engine? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So then what you would have to, I think, reasonably argue or reasonably deduce is yeah. if a car engine cannot simply come into existence from nothing without... Mm -hmm. Thing bringing it into existence yep. and there is even less chance i would say much less chance mm -hmm. infinitely less chance that this mm -hmm. entire universe with more stars than grains of sand on every beach on earth yeah could have simply come into existence and be assembled without an assembler without a creator without a maker yeah okay so i have a i have a response okay i get your point i get your point if my son asks me how did the engine came about and I tell him that it was manufactured by humans, right? Um, I came to that information with a deduction that I know that humans can create, right? But if my son asks, you know, I don't believe that humans can create this engine, right? And if he says, you know, uh, I just don't believe this can be possible. So I can go, I can put in efforts to go to the factory and take him to the factory where the engines are made. I can prove him with evidence that, you know, this is how engines are made. But you are saying that God has created, but, but you Max, cannot take... Wait, 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 wait. You can't take me to a factory where yeah. planets are made and where... Uh, Max, you're missing yeah. the point. Yeah. The, po the point is, and I'm going to finish here and I'm going to let the other brothers come in here. Mm -hmm. The point is that you will deduce looking mm -hmm. at something... Yeah. That it could not have simply come about from nothing or by itself, yeah. even though you yourself have not seen the car engine being built. Mm -hmm. In other words, you will arrive at an opinion, I would say mm -hmm. as certain as it could be, mm -hmm. that this must have been made by something or someone. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when we look at the universe, clearly we know that there isn't going to be a factory that we can go to and actually physically see God pumping out universes. But we can deduce that it must have come from something. It can't just come from nothing. Yeah, but, but if you claim that, if you claim uh, for me, for me, it can be a fact that universe was an eternal and uncreated, uncreated. It can be, but I can be wrong. I can be wrong. But whatever you claim, I say that I don't know how all it happened. But if you claim 
that God has created and God was uncreated. I mean, for you, God can be uncreated, but universe can't be uncreated, right? Let's let's go with okay, that. But Max, I'm going to let the other brothers come in here because All now right. you've changed your you've actually changed your argument because your initial your, my your, last ten seconds, ten yeah, seconds. Max, your initial your initial argument was, and we ran through the discussion with you, and you said it was when I asked you, does it require an explanation? if it's contingent, could have been assembled in a different multitude of different ways and it relies on certain things for its existence, then it requires an explanation. Give, me, give yeah. me 10 seconds and I'll go. Now give what you're ten. saying is that I believe that the universe could just be eternal, which, by the way, goes against ev pretty much every scientific uh, opinion that's out there. And because you were talking from a point of view of evidence and presumably science and mathematics, you seem to have literally thrown that all under the bus now. And now you're, posit you're positing something. I leave, but give no me 10 seconds. That I know of actually. No, Max, don't go anywhere. Can you give me 10 seconds? Max, we don't want you to leave, yeah? Please don't leave because there's a lot to discuss. Imran, you'd like to have a discussion with you. Uh, please, Ajaz, uh, continue. Can I give no, you No, Max said he wanted 10 seconds. Yeah, do your 10 oh, seconds. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I can prove with evidence how a car engine is made by going to the factory. You can't prove God. You can only deduce God. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, I won't believe in God until it is proven. That's, just, that's to be clear, did, just to be clear, don't, you know that deduction is a form of proof. What? As is induction. Induction, abduction, and deduction are all forms of proof. You realize that, right? No, it's not a proof because um, you are Form of you proof. may. Okay, it's it's. I I don't I don't think that it is a form of proof because deduction is an assumption that this should be this should be the case. You are saying there should be a case that someone created it. That is an assumption, and if that no, is not an, an assumption, no, no, no. You missed my point. I said because you just said that deduction. It's not yeah. a proof. What you want is a proof. I'm saying to yeah. you that deduction is a form of proof, as is okay, abduction is, is, and induction. What is the difference between deduction and assumption? What is the difference? Deduction and assumption. You can have deductions. So you can have assumptions within deductions, but you can't have deductions within assumptions, I think. So, so deduct the deductive argument is where your premises are sound and they... they qualified... One follows from the other. Okay, okay. So are you deducting that if we are we are a creation, then there should be a creator? Is this your deduction as a proof? No, this is my induction. So is this a proof that if there is a creation, yes. then there should be a creator, okay? So God... Created... So I'll, I'll give you my... No, I'll give you what my argument is. My argument is quite simple. Do you uh, agree that you and I exist? Yeah, I do. Okay, do you agree that you don't have to exist? Yeah, that's true. I don't have to exist. Right, right. So I don't have to exist. You don't have to exist. But there is a fact here that we do exist, right? Yeah, yeah. So something has to facilitate the existence of things that do exist. And we call this thing a necessary entity. All right. So... Right. So typically, there are three types of entities possible, uh -huh. impossible, and necessary. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You and I are possible, 
because we could or we could not exist. Something yeah. impossible would be like a square circle or or, or a um a religious uh, Christian named David Wood, right? Like these things are logically mm-hmm. impossible. You agree? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So so you and I were either were possible, then mm-hmm. there are some things which are impossible. So mm-hmm. something must fall into the third category, entities mm-hmm. which are necessary. Mm-hmm. So a necessary entity must exist in order for us to exist because okay. we are con- uh, we don't have to exist, right? Okay, so I get so, your point. Right, good. So from that point, then there are three forms of entities that could, may exist, do exist, and must exist. And in the third category of necessary, uh-huh. well, we have to ask the question: What is a necessary entity? A necessary uh-huh. entity grounds the existence of uh-huh. possible entities. Okay, so, so I get your point. Case, let me finish it. Okay, like okay, ten okay. more seconds. Ten more. Uh-huh. So my point is quite simply this: the mm-hmm. only viable explanation for the description of a mm-hmm. necessary entity is mm-hmm. one which is eternal and uncreated with the capacity and the attributes to sustain creation. That and cre- mm-hmm. by creation, I mean here things which are possible. Okay. I mean, uh, so you're saying that the universe is created by a creator. Okay. So my next... You don't have comes... to use those words, but we can assume that. Okay. So who created the creator? And then you say that he's necessary and he's uncreated and he doesn't need anything. Okay. Right. So you no, have... I didn't say he doesn't need anything, but I did say he is necessary, meaning that they can only be one of that thing. I didn't say him. I said okay. entity. That okay. entity must be necessary in order to facilitate our existence. Things okay. which are possible cannot exist if the necessary entity itself does not exist. So because you and I are possible entities and we exist, therefore, a necessary entity must exist. Okay, so you assume that the creator is uncreated and he was like there forever, right? No, I say necessary. That's what the word, that the word necessary here means you can't have the existence of possible things without that necessary entity. Okay, who created that necessary entity is, is what I'm asking. Who created Something that? which is necessary does not come into creation. If an uh-huh. entity is created, it's a possible entity. Remember, okay, go back what? again. Three entities, possible, impossible, uh-huh. or necessary. Uh-huh. You and I are possible things because we are created. Uh-huh. A necessary entity is uh-huh. this, he is what grounds the created things. He himself is not created. Okay. So Otherwise, if, I, if he is created, yeah. he is a possible thing. Right, right, right. So what if I say, what if I say that yes. the creator, the God, is a possible thing, not a necessary thing? So one of us is lying, right? One of us is lying. Well, right? no, that if would I, be illogical. No, you no, if no, you no, say no, that God, one second, you say if you say that God is a possible thing and not necessary, that's an irrational statement. Okay, if, if you God, say if you by, say if you say the universe is a possibility and humans and planets is a possibility, I say yes. that that is an irrational, illogical argument. So who is correct? I'm saying the universe... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Repeat the last let, time. Let me, let me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm saying um, that if you... If you say, okay. Let me think. 
that would be good yeah okay i am saying that the universe you're saying that the universe is a possibility humans are a possibility i am saying that that is an illogical irrational argument right because when i say god is a possibility you say it is an irrational logic so we both are accusing each other of it no. for me okay let's no. let me let, let me simplify it give me give me 10 seconds i'll no. simplify it give me 10 seconds i am saying the universe is necessary it was uncreated it was forever and you are saying god is necessary it is uh, created forever is it is uncreated right who is lying here well it has to be you because we know that the universe is not eternal how can you prove that okay what well, fun now we can well, now we have to go back to actual science and we'll have to go back so when time was equal to zero and we're mm-hmm. going to go through the whole thing about the big bang and we're going to mm-hmm. go through the whole thing about particle accelerators but right? mm-hmm. and at the end but let's be clear here are you familiar with what happened at time equal to zero um i don't believe in big bang i don't believe in uh time equal to zero uh, and the big bang is a is the best model to explain the creation of matter but no it's not a proof so science has and the best proof. model okay I, but the best model does it match my understanding of the world or does it, it match can. your i mean it no, it matches your it, it matches it your it, it matches, it matches mine thank you yeah. so i'm saying yeah. that the scientists who whether uh-huh. forget the religion that they might believe in they accept uh-huh. my mode of thinking and they agree okay. that the universe is not eternal it began at some point and it's yeah. leading to a death it's leading yeah, but- to a Yeah but even I mean, scientists say that I, is an exp- that is the best explanation but they can't prove it with evidence they they are that assuming based I'll, on I'll show it I'll, I'll show you I'll show you how uh-huh. we can prove it it's quite simple because we built particle accelerators to mm-hmm. do that exact thing are you familiar okay. with what the god particle is no so we were able to recreate what we perceive to be the early conditions i think it's directly after the universe was formed to understand how is uh, it uh, dr iman correct me how particulate matter interacted in that early stage model that and then apply it to our universe and then mm-hmm. we got to see that the the development of solar systems the development of black holes we got to see that this matter behaved in the same way that the models mm-hmm. had predicted previously so from a hypothesis we had an experiment mm-hmm. and now that experiment is proven Um, Dr. Emmanuel, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, right? So this is what came out of that—the Higgs boson, uh, I think, uh, experiment. So this is not something that's theoretical; it's something that we've actually studied and demonstrated. Mm-hmm. Right. I so mean, I'm if... saying that this is not a this is not something to choose between. We're saying uh-huh. that this is something which has been demonstrated. Okay. It is so not disputed say... any longer. Okay. Okay. So let's say the new universe was created at some point. That proves that universe yes. is possible and not necessary, right? Yeah, we agree with that. Okay. So how does that prove that there was a creator, and he's easy, easy, because any entity which is possible, right, does not have to exist by virtue of the fact that we do exist. It must means that our origination can't in itself in itself be from something which is also possible. It can only be from something which is necessary because there are three categories: possible, 
impossible, unnecessary. If you don't understand those three categories, now is the time to say so. I so get anything I get which is possible can't be necessary. Necessary okay. means that that thing must exist to ground our reality and existence. Right, something right. had to precede time equals zero. Some had mm -hmm. to, something had to precede that for the universe in order for the universe to be facilitated in existence. Okay. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Why do you call the God who created universe necessary, and why can't you call him a possibility? Wait, there might be. I already explained that. Yeah, Ask there, there might be a case that someone created God. So how how can you yeah define him as a ne necessity? Yeah. So I already answered this, and I'll say it again because anything which is contingent, anything which may or may not exist, something which mm -hmm. does not have to exist will always be contingent. Mm -hmm. And a contingent thing can't exist because of another contingent thing. Otherwise, ad infinitum, you keep going backwards, you need something to create that thing, to create that thing, to create that thing. You never get the grounding for the existence of the universe. The, our brother Abbas took you through an argument of traversing an infinite number of things, and you conceded to his point. Um, so I, this is a... So you're asking me something else. I mean, so, 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 so. Uh, One second. No, I didn't finish. I didn't finish. Please, oh, okay, 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 please okay. I didn't finish. Please, I didn't finish. Uh -huh. So the, uh, Brother Abbas took you through that point quite eloquently. So I'm bringing it back now. A necessary thing is the thing which grounds and facilitates the existence of possible things, things like you and me. So the second that you say, well, why can't God be possible? Would demonstrate to me you don't understand the difference between a contingent and necessary entity. By which, at that point, you're not understanding me. So I'm going to say, I'm going to tap out as a team member here. And I want to bring in my mentor, my teacher, my beloved, and my occasional physician when I screw up. Um, okay, uh, Abbas is trying to point uh, to his basement for some reason. Who have you locked in your basement? I would like to bring in Dr. Imran, the guy beneath me at this point. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before uh, Imran says, give me 10 seconds to respond. Yeah, Science proved with uh, creating God particle again that uh, the universe is possible, right? Science proved it with evidence. Where's your evidence that God is actually possible, not not uh, like where is the proof that God is necessary and not possible based on evidence and not an assumption and deduction. That's my final thoughts on this. I need an evidence for what you are claiming that God is uh, necessary. Without evidence, I, I consider these fairy tales. I, I Max, these I think fairies. what you need to do is just watch the stream again and possibly just Google a few things. And doctor, unless you want to add anything, because we are very it's just Because I want to just take it back to the beginning. So it's interesting because um, I welcome Max to the stream. Yep, it's interesting because you, you rejected science, you rejected induction, and you rejected deduction. So you're rejecting logic as well. So it's interesting how this, and it explains a lot of the conversation. But uh, and I, and it shows that you're not understanding the difference between the impossibility of an infinite regression, and therefore the necessary the necessary step that this infinite regression has to stop, and wherever it stops, that has to be the necessary being. But that's I'm going to leave that conversation. I think it's. It's amply shown, and you'd have to think about this a bit more. So watch the stream again. I want to take you back to your original point because your original point was something different, and you spoke about um, the, your reason for rejecting God being natural disasters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. 
So what, why is that a reason for rejecting God? Yeah, because if I created a car and the clutch plate wasn't working, I would fix it, right? The God created a faulty planet. He knows there's a fault and he's not working on it. He's not how, is, how do you know it's a fault? Because we die, we, we die in earthquakes. How do you know that's a problem? Because we die. How, why is that a problem? I'm asking you a question. I mean, why would we die because of God's fault? I'm asking you a question. Why is that a problem? We yes, we the we live. There are earthquakes. We die. Why is that a yeah. problem? I'm asking you. I'm asking you for the. Re I'm asking you to give me an explanation of mm -hmm. why that is a problem with believing in God. Why natural I disasters? I don't think. Dying. I don't think. I don't think no one. Anyone wants to die. That's why. Yes. Yeah, so what? So, why is that a problem? If okay. if you don't think you want to die, I understand yeah. that. But why is that okay. a problem for the okay. existence? Okay, so I, yeah, I get your question. Yeah. So if I was a creator of humans, if I was a god and I created humans, I wouldn't want them to die, right? I'm creating it. I'm creating them and letting them die. It doesn't make sense. So okay, so hang on a sec. Why doesn't it make sense? Then why would I create them? Okay, so your what is the assumption that you're making? I'm I'm uh, my my assumption is if I'm a creator, why would I destroy my own creation with earthquakes? Okay, but what's the assumption that you're making? That what is the assumption you're making? The assumption is that if God was there, He should fix earthquakes, this faulty planet, uh, so that we stop that. This is Max. You're repeating the claim again. You're not explaining. Okay. The claim okay. you're making is that I know the I know what a world a God would create would be like. This uh -huh. is your claim. Yeah, yeah. Your claim is, I know. What a yeah. world that God would create would be like. There would be uh -huh. no death and there would be no yeah. earthquakes. Yeah. Tell me the reason for this. What what makes you what is the evidence for this to be the position? Because I wouldn't destroy my creation as a creator. As a creator, no, I no, that, no. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're again you're you're giving I want evidence for that position to be correct. I don't want your oh, in my view, I would like to live forever. Yeah, that's fine. Nice fairy tale. I don't believe in fairy tales. Yeah. What your the claim you're making is yeah. that there the, there are natural disasters and people die and if I was God I wouldn't make it like this. But yeah. that's not an argument against the existence of God. This is an argument against your conception of how you would like the earth to be. Okay, so let's this, say so one second, explain, let me explain. Yeah. So this is this is not uh, an evidence against God. It's evidence against the conception that you have in your mind of how uh -huh. you would like the world to be if you created it. Yeah, perfect, perfect. I get your okay. point. Okay. Yeah. Let's say God is there and he's right in creating a planet with the earthquakes. And I am wrong because uh, because my my assumptions are for me. I think the world shouldn't be like this. So I'm wrong, right? Let's say that. If I'm wrong and there's a God who is killing us with earthquakes, I don't have to worship that God because for me, that God is a mafia. He's killing us. This is just mafia. an emotional argument. So what you're saying is, yes, God exists. I don't like how he made the world. Because now, yeah. now this is not an argument against the existence of God. Do you understand? You're saying, yes, God exists. I just don't yeah. like him. I just don't like him. I'm I mean, for because me, made, One second, Max. Yeah. Because he made a world in which people die. I don't like him. Yeah. I'm not going to worship him. Yeah, okay, I get your point. So now, one second, let me explain it to you. So your argument is not against the existence of a creator. Yeah. You're arguing against your your own personal preference of how you would want to create a world. Do you okay. understand? Yeah, I so get you. I get you. This is an emo one second. So this is an emotive argument, emotional argument. Okay. That means not irrational, not a rational one, and an emotional one against. Uh -huh. 
something, but you're basing it upon what? So tell me, the way to move this forward is you tell me why God cannot create okay, a world in which there are people that it, died it, because of earthquakes. Please, please. Okay, okay, okay. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the thing is, um, if we ask a million people, do you want your loved ones to die in an earthquake? I think all million people will say, I don't want my loved ones to die in an earthquake, right? So it is a unanimous uh, requirement and uh, and people would want earthquakes, tsunamis, cancers, and diseases to go away from. If I ask million people, do you want so, all so, of these so to go away? Wait, 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 let me, let me. Let, Max, uh, now you're not evidence. letting me complete. You're not letting yeah, me complete. Yeah, I'm not letting you complete because you're not giving me evidence. Can you give me one minute? Yeah, please, go ahead. Yeah, please, thank you. So you're saying that this is my image of how the earth should be? No, no, no. If you ask one million people, all would agree, wait, wait, all would agree that we don't want diseases, we don't want earthquakes, right? What I'm None saying is... That, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so, so this, is, this is... Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Well, you, I, I understand you what you're minute. saying. Come on. Uh, you have your one minute. You, you explained to me that if we did a vote, no one will want to die in an earthquake. Yeah, so no that, one, that is how it that, Hang on one second. So, but this is not an evidence. Yeah, it is. This is no, no. What you're saying... No, hang on a sec. What you're saying is that if we... <laughs> in the collective consciousnesses of all the people in the world, they would not want to die in an earthquake. But that is not an evidence against the God existing. Okay, because so why? why? Would, why would God one second, one second, one second. Because all of the people in the world, the vast majority of them, 99% plus, believe in the existence of a creator despite there being earthquakes, despite them not wanting to die in an earthquake. So mm -hmm. this is illogical. It does not mm -hmm. make sense. I'm not asking you what the people would vote for. What I'm mm -hmm. asking you for is give me a good reason why... Mm -hmm. If there are earthquakes and people die, this means that God does not exist. Please. Okay. So if there's a unanimous decision of, on what I want is what everyone wants, that means the world should be like this. But it's not. Okay, wait, let me complete now. You're, you you won't give me one minute. I'm, I'm sure you won't please, give me one please, minute. Please, please go ahead. So I'm not saying what people believe in. I, I'm saying what, according to everyone, world should be like. And you're saying many, like the world believes in God doesn't prove that there's a God. They believe. They have faith. Okay. Second thing, can you give me one reason why earthquake people die in earthquakes? Why would why would God not remove earthquake? Why would this is why would this is the question. This yeah. is the question. I'm asking you this question because you 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 all you've done is you reversed the question. Yeah, because he can't. Uh, He's no, not no, there. One, one, second, no, one second, Max. Because I'm asking because what you've done is you said, look, most people don't want to die in an earthquake. Therefore, uh, there are earthquakes. Therefore, God doesn't exist. None of those follow. This is non-secular argument. Okay. You're arguing from you're arguing from emotion. Mm -hmm. The the world does not conform to your imagination. I know that there are people today who say that they are women when they have testicles, but that does not mm -hmm. make them women because Agreed. the world does not conform to your imagination. Agreed. Do you understand? Yeah. So what you're doing by saying let's have a million people, a billion people, eight billion people vote to mm -hmm. how the world would look like, yeah. it doesn't mean that whatever they vote is actually how the world should be. It okay. doesn't. That, that's illogical. You're arguing right. illogical. Agreed. Point. Agreed. So why? I'm would say, let me let me finish my point. Mm -hmm. Now, now you now I ask you the question. Give me evidence of why, if there are earthquakes and people die, that God cannot exist. You, you don't have an answer. So now you're asking me why would God create an earth in which there is earthquakes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You've reversed the question, isn't it? 
I mean, it's the same question with a different the same idea. question, but you're asking it the other way around, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What's missing What's missing for us, for us to answer this question? What's missing? You tell me. I'm asking you know. the question. I'm know. asking you. Okay. If you don't know, because you, this is what you did. You went to the common atheist's uh, place where they go and hide. They hide in the I don't know of the gaps. Uh-huh. You've heard you've heard of science of the gaps, and okay, this is the atheist version of science of the gaps. It's called the I don't know of the gaps. Okay. So what happens is they say we don't know. So the reality is, if God has created the world the way it is, you have mm-hmm. no idea if this is how God wanted the world to be or not. Okay, so you're you, just upset. You know? you're, one second, I'm explaining to you. I'll come to uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. The whole point here is that you don't have an explanation. You don't have a reason why. You just don't like it. Okay. Okay. You just don't like it, uh-huh. but that's not a, that's not a reason for someone to disbelieve in the existence of God. Okay. Understand? Okay. Now, th- you said earlier on that I don't I don't say fantastical things like if my child says, uh, "How does the engine work?" I don't ask telling the Santa Claus did it, but you're doing uh-huh. the same thing. You don't know the reason why the Earth is created this way. You don't yeah. know, uh-huh. but you're making a claim about it, a fantastical uh-huh. claim that therefore God does not exist. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Okay. Okay. So I am hiding behind the I don't know. I, of I don't know knowledge. of the gaps. Yeah, of the gaps. Okay. I don't know. And of you the are gap. you are you are hiding behind the god of the gaps. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. So okay, can you can because you tell me? Not, one second, I'll explain why I'm not because this is important. Uh-huh. Because the the science of the gaps argument is that we can explain how things happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. there was. In the old days, this is the idea. In the old days, there was lightning. And mm-hmm. when the lightning happened, people said, oh, God is angry. Mm-hmm. And now we know that the clouds are in the sky and there's interaction between the particles yeah, and the salt. And you perfect, get perfect, electrically perfect. charged. And you get... This is an explanation of the how. Uh-huh. Do you understand? Now, yeah. the question you're asking is not a how question. Yeah. You're not asking me how do earthquakes happen. Uh-huh. You're asking me why do earthquakes happen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This yep. is a, yes. Do you understand the difference? Yeah, but I'm not That's getting not, an answer. Yes, because uh, the uh, because the reason is you're not getting an answer is because but you without an answer. This is uh-huh. important. You're uh-huh. not getting an answer, but from uh-huh. this answer, you directly made a claim. From the I don't know of the gaps, you said God doesn't exist. Yeah, from this answer, because, what? because there it. are one second because there are earthquakes. Uh huh. And people die, God doesn't exist. Emo- yeah. Pure emotion, illogical. It doesn't uh-huh. make any, it does not give any explanation to the reality. Uh-huh. You're just you're just okay. using this because you don't like how things are. Okay, so I, the world does not exist. I don't I don't know why earthquakes are. Can you tell me? Yes. Yeah. You're talking about explanation or the why? Why? You're why? talking about the how or the why? Why did God create earthquakes? Okay, that's a good question. How are you going to find the answer to this question? You know the God. I I don't know. You you tell me. Bible is there. You you follow God. You would know that. Okay, good. I like humbleness. It's important to have this. Now the the point here is very simple. Uh-huh. The, the assumption that you are making, and uh-huh. I, I'm so this is a bit of an explanation. So you have to give me a minute to explain to you. Yeah, yeah. So the assumption that you are making is that the world is imperfect. This is mm-hmm. your claim. Mm-hmm. Now the, the to make this claim, you first have to know. What is the function of the earth? Mm-hmm. Why, not how, what mm-hmm. is the why of the earth? Why mm-hmm. is it here? What is it meant to do? Yeah, right? I don't know. 
you don't know this. So yeah. from that, for all you can do at that point is say, I don't know. You cannot yeah. make any further, you cannot make any further emotional arguments about therefore God does not exist. Yeah, because so that explain. is that I would explain to you, that is unjust and that's unfair. So uh -huh. the only way you're going to know about why something is made is by asking the one that made it. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. So that so that yeah. means we have to re return to revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in Islam, and I'm going to give you the Islamic background because I'm a Muslim. Yeah? In Islam, uh -huh. we have a concept of there being a perfect creation in the sense of a creation in which there is no suffering. Uh -huh. Okay, No uh -huh. dying, you live forever, no misery, no sadness, no even bad language. Yeah, uh -huh. That is something that we have in existence. Mm -hmm. And then we have another place where there is only the, the worst things, horrible mm -hmm. torture, danger, you know, suffering all the time, yeah? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we have the earth. Yeah. So the earth is not the perfect realm when there's no suffering. Uh-huh. The, 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 it, it's not the, the realm in which there is only suffering. This is something different. And, uh -huh. we, and we are told, we have, in our revelation, we are told uh -huh. that you're here for a short time. Uh-huh. This is a short time. And it's why are you here? Because you have, there's a function. This world has a function. And the function is not to live forever. Uh -huh. And the function is not not to die. Uh huh. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. So, so what that tells you is that you, you, your explanation, your your assumption that the world is imperfect, and uh -huh. your assumption that the because God, uh, because there are earthquakes and people die, that God does not exist, is baseless. Yeah. For me, it's baseless, completely baseless. Emotional argument from an atheist, uh, and I don't know of the gaps argument. Okay, so so there's a hell, there's a heaven, and then there's earth, right? Yes. So why add earthquakes in this earth? Like, why can't he add he uh, earthquakes in hell? Like, why why in planet Earth? Why that? Why that? So so now you are now you're asking a different question. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm pointing to you out? Is that your logic was not sound? I mean, your I mean, your no. You're, listen to me uh, one second, uh, Max. It's very uh -huh. important. The logic that because there are bad things that happen in the world, earthquakes and people dying, that God yeah. does not exist. This is a straw man argument. Uh -huh. And why is it a straw man argument? Because the argument yeah. makes an assumption about the, uh -huh. the the intention of the creation of this world uh -huh. that you do not have access to. So okay. you as a human being, uh -huh. even if you all vote and there's a democratic election and everyone decides the world is not how we would like it to be, uh -huh. it does not mean anything about whether or not the creator exists. The reality okay. is this: the reason you need to, the reason you need to, uh, the reason for the existence of the Earth uh -huh. is something that only the, the Creator can tell you. And it's however this world is, however uh -huh. is is perfect for the purpose for which it was created, because uh -huh. it's created because the, the the why of the creation is with the Creator. Okay, so I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, please, please, please ask. Uh, I don't know how my car engine works, so I can go to the manufacturer, call them, and ask them. How does it work? He's the creator of the engine. How do we call the creator of this planet and great, ask him? Ask him question. why why earthquakes were made. Give give me the purpose. Yeah, great great question. So you you go to so what you do is you saying you're saying how do we access the creator? Yeah, isn't it? This is the answer question you're asking really. How yep, do we yep. access the creator? Yep. It's even it's even easier now because yeah. throughout history, I'm, I'm I'm not talking now about one specific religion. Throughout mm -hmm. history, mm -hmm. in every single culture, separated by language, separated by geography, separated mm -hmm. by time, there mm -hmm. are people that have come forward and said, the Creator has spoken to us, and this is the message. Mm 
Yeah. Do you understand? Yep, yep. So now this is the creator mm -hmm. giving you information about mm -hmm. the why of you being here and the okay. reality of this world. Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Now, now, what do what would what's required from you? What's required for very simple is to make an assessment. You look mm -hmm. at the evidence that's presented to you in in a reasonable, unbiased way, uh -huh. open, with openness. I mean, if uh -huh. you come to, if I came to you, uh, Max, with prejudice, uh -huh. and uh, whatever you're saying, I'm going to think bad about you or negatively uh -huh. about you. I'm not going to learn from you. Uh -huh. All I'm going to be doing is looking at what you're saying. Uh -huh. And I'm going to be finding out uh, how can I respond to him. Yep. I, actually, what I should be doing is listening to you, which is why I spent all this time when you were talking to the brothers, just listening to understand. Yeah. And then I should be trying to understand you so that I can interact uh -huh. with you in a fair way. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Now, what's required from you is to assess assess these realities of these people that have come forward. Look uh -huh. at what they have produced. Look at the thing that they claim is the message. Uh -huh. So there are Hindus that claim that Bhagavad Gita is the message. There are Sikhs that claim the Guru Granth Sahib is the message. There yep. are Christians that say the Bible is them. They have concepts of the creator. Uh -huh. Okay. Just like yeah. you have uh, maybe concepts of gravity, different theories uh -huh. of gravity. Uh -huh. the, diff the differing concepts do not take away the reality of the gravity. Therefore, uh -huh. the different concepts of the God among the people is something that doesn't take away the reality of God. You just need to assess. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So you would assess the product that was brought and then you would go from that place. You understand? Yep, yep. So, so God sent us messages from in, messages. in the form of Bible and Quran and everything, right? In, in the uh, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying these are the claims that people have made. So, how do we these contact are God? That, so, you, so you have to. So you have to. What you have to do is you have to assess them. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So the I don't first, like it, those are claims that is actually not true. That the God God has sent it, right? It's not. No, no. Yeah, you have to. You have Max. You have to assess. You can't just just because so, okay, someone I can, I can, anyone okay, I can, can stand assess, up. Assess I mean, Max, and you, reject you can, it. Just one second. I can so Max, it. Okay. Hundred percent, you can assess and reject. Hundred okay. percent, you are. Uh -huh. the, the Quran says, "Like Rahafidin, there is no compulsion in religion. You are uh -huh. able to assess and and this is why God has given us a rationality, okay. a brain that works and thinks and seeks truth. Okay. You can't find. You you cannot explain our yeah. brains. Ability yeah. to seek truth from evolution or natural processes. You cannot do this. Okay. Okay. okay so there I have is... a question. Yeah, please, Max, Max, we've actually overshot our time by an okay. hour. Oh, yes. Um, if I could kindly request that perhaps you come earlier on our next stream, you can actually yeah. come on the Wednesday stream. What is the Wednesday stream, Imran? Uh, the Wednesday stream is, uh, I think it's, uh, what was the brother saying? Doubtbusters. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? If you if you come uh, super early, we might be able to get you on. My apologies to the rest of the people waiting uh, backstage, but we normally finish the stream at half eleven, and it's coming up to half twelve. Yeah, yep. uh, my so, bad, my bad. I, I Max, it was nice talking to you. I enjoyed. Run, it. I, 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 I enjoyed talking to. You. I, I really wanted to talk talk to you further, but. Uh, I love I love talking to you. I love talking. Likewise, to you. likewise. Thanks and there's no uh, uh, Max. There's no animosity here. I know we have zero hard feelings. Zero hard feelings. Zero uh, hard feelings. It's interesting to discuss because I think this is how we learn from each other. So c please come again, and we will we'll we'll talk again hopefully. Okay. Right. And Max, before you go, I'll just say very quickly, and of course, then you can think about things, and you can come back next time, and you can discuss it. But not understanding why something happens, even though it may appear on the surface to be something yep. undesirable 
Allah says in the Quran that you may love or cover to thing that may be harmful to, for you and you may despise a thing that may be good for you. In other words, Allah is telling us that there are many things that we may detest, that we may dislike, that we may um, have problems with because we're, we're emotional beings and often we don't necessarily think logically, rationally, but we it, adopt our emotions. But Allah is, Allah is telling us that he is all wise mm -hmm. and everything Allah does, regardless of whether we understand or do not understand, it doesn't diminish the uh, the authority or the correctness of whatever God does, you see. Mm -hmm. Now, this is why I took you back fundamentally to the concept of why it's uh, why we have to accept this necessary existence. But of course, we Muslims, we don't just base our opinion just on these philosophical arguments. Mm -hmm. We have a Quran that we can apply the test of uh, the falsification test that comes with the Quran. And once we are convinced that this Quran is indeed linked to, connected to the one that sent it, the creator, mm -hmm. then we accept whatever it tells us on the basis that we are convinced now that this is indeed a book from Allah and it's been preserved. Mm -hmm. And of course, Max, look, being atheist, you can't answer questions like, for example, morality. What is moral? What is right? What is wrong? If you if you rely solely on social consensus, mm -hmm. then Max, you know that many horrors in society happen as a quench as as a consequence of social consensus getting it very wrong. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the 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 meaning of things. Why is your child a group of atoms that has been uh, collected and orchestrated in a particular way more valuable than that of a rock. Uh -huh. There is something fundamentally within our psychology, within our, I would say, within our spirituality, within our hearts, uh -huh. that intuitively places value on certain things without even being able to necessarily logically or rationally explain those things. They're intuitive. They are something within us. Now, you uh -huh. can people can argue, well, this is evolution or whatever. But I think it, 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 when we look at certain issues, for example, like, for example, you have an elderly mum, let's say, for argument's sake. And if a car is going to come and hit her, Mm -hmm. And you have the opportunity to push your mum out of the way. She may be very elderly. She might have, God forbid, not your mum personally. I'm just talking mm -hmm. generally. Mm -hmm. If this mother has cancer, she's the doctor's given her one week to live. Uh -huh. And there's a car coming and you have mm -hmm. the opportunity to push your mother out of the way, risking your own life. You mm -hmm. will do that. Mm -hmm. Yet that makes no logical sense. Yeah. No, evil, no evolutionary sense. Uh -huh. Yet you would do that because there's something intrinsic in your heart that you value mm -hmm. about your mother, uh -huh. where you would literally sacrifice your life as a young man, uh -huh. even though your mother had one week to live. Okay. So all of these things cannot be explained through our necessarily through material understanding of things. There is something that supersedes that, mm -hmm. that we intuitively accept and believe. And this uh -huh. is why Allah says that a person, that when they disbelieve, they actually have to literally, they have to shut all of these mechanisms down. Uh -huh. They have to almost force themselves to atheism. 
but then but the natural predisposition of a human being is that he believes in something greater than him yeah okay so i i would love to continue debating but we, we don't have any time wait wait, wait wait yeah yeah that's fine so when when is the when is your next stream in, in on what channel so same channel we have a stream to, uh, on wednesday every other week and we have a, ch a a stream every sunday every other week but you know um um we, we have the, the definitions of the streams in terms of what the to topics are what the subjects are uh, but you're more than welcome to come up again and um if you want to you know come on and have that discussion uh we can we can have that discussion with sure. Imran would you would you be there in the next stream i i really like talking to you and abbas you too but I, I, we were getting usually we are both on the stream is is on the stream sometimes he's on his private yacht or flying in his private jet so he can't make the stream but he's as you're mm -hmm. muted hold on this dude was like i like talking to Imran and abbas and then <laughs> He didn't like you, Ajaz. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> All right, Max, it was a pleasure to have you on. All right. um, yeah, great. Then, Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll hopefully speak you. again soon. All right. Yeah. Okay, then. All right, guys. My apologies to everybody else that's waiting. Um, we are not, uh, unfortunately, going to be able to have anybody else on. Um, please try to come on a bit earlier next time, and we will try to get you on. Uh, but in the in the meantime, thank you so much. Jazakallah uh, khair to all the mods who do so much uh, work um, uh, and make the streams safer, better uh, for all of us. Uh, Alhamdulillah. So we're very, very grateful to you. Uh, our brothers and sisters in Palestine are literally being annihilated. Um, we cannot imagine the suffering that they're going through. Literally cannot imagine. Um, and I know many of us are actually we're somewhat um, reducing uh, the things that we're seeing because they are so graphic. Um, uh, and it's, 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 um, it's at a stage where really they're, they're, we, you don't have words to explain uh, the sort of suffering, children, babies, mothers. It's just utterly shocking. And uh, what I find really, um, what I find really shocking about, people who come on and want to discuss how if Hamas apparently made it to power, they would be doing much worse, as if somehow this justifies what's happening to the Palestinian people, trying to make this type of gymnastics. And we hear this by, uh, uh, by Israelis, we hear this by politicians who uh, are basically saying somehow inherently these are like evil people, bad people, and you have to annihilate them you have to wipe them off the face of this earth i just find that type of i just find that so morally reprehensible morally dead quite frankly that you that you would even make an argument like that instead of just saying that what we're seeing is an absolute genocide a travesty uh, and it needs to stop and we need to end this mass killing um, and instead of doing that they want to somehow try to justify it. And I just find that shocking. But Dr. Imran, any last words? Just remember our Palestinian brothers and sisters. You know, I, I, I read a comment that somebody wrote, which was quite poignant, actually. And they said, Israel doesn't control the Palestinian people, but it does seem to control all of the voices uh, and the powers 
uh, that uh, are supporting it, like Europe and, and, and America. So it seems to have more control of those countries and those leaders and less control of the Palestinian people, who I think have actually, despite the butchery that they're going through, uh, even the non-Muslims see them as a as a more dignified people than the mass murdering psychopaths that are currently uh, butchering them and murdering them and killing them. Uh, and despite of their belief system, whether Islam is true or not true, for them is for them it's irrelevant. But the Palestinian people are coming out with dignity and honor. They won't yield despite the utter, utter murderous campaign that's being unleashed on them. So remember them in your dua, inshallah. Ramadan is only uh, a few weeks away. Um, next month it will be Ramadan. Um, may Allah bless our Palestinian brothers and sisters. Uh, bless all of our brothers and sisters in, 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 in China, in Yemen, in Syria, wherever they are suffering. And we wish peace and tranquility for all other people as well, not just Muslims, for our Christian uh, um, brothers and sisters in humanity, for our Jewish brothers and sisters in humanity, for our atheist brothers and sisters in humanity. We don't wish ill feeling and death or destruction for anybody. Uh, we would uh, much rather uh, stick to our Islamic traditions and wish good for people, wish peace for people. This is what we feel. This is what we want. It's not just about caring for Muslims. We care about all lives. When we see the destruction happening in Ukraine or the people who are being forced to fight in Ukraine, forced to fight in Russia, it's harrowing, it's disgraceful, it's disgusting, it's despicable. Um, so anyway, any last words, Doctor, before we go? Alhamdulillah, I think you said everything. Yeah, just remember that everyone's suffering around the world in your draws. Um, may Allah make everything easy for them and protect them from oppression, inshallah. I mean, um, jazakallah to all the mods who do the hard work and the brothers uh, in the background who we don't get to see, brother Ijaz and brother um, Anis, inshallah. And brothers, I learn a lot from you every time, so may I reward you guys, inshallah, and your families and give you the best of both worlds. Everything good is from Allah. Uh, anything wrong and in, in, in errors from ourselves and Shaytan, may Allah forgive our shortcomings, inshallah. Amen. 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 Amen.